The following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. What you should not do is give us a bad review on iTunes because you do not like one of these things. Thank you, and enjoy the show. And he's a laser-printed hero, and if things turn out his way, he'll be stuck with these psychopaths and live to murder another day. His companions are suggesting to hit a bank on their way home, and if he lands in jail again, well, that's just how the story goes. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Thank you for joining us for Season 15, Episode 3 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Bill. This is Stork. And this is Kurt, DT Pints in the forums. Kurt! From from far away and uh, probably not that cold Alaska. Yeah, it's actually uh, quite warm and nice these days. It's been sunshiny and uh, feels like summertime. Excellent. 37 up there. <laughs> Roiling. <laughs> Except now all the mosquitoes come out. Yeah, that's the thing. Now they come out, uh, and mosquitoes are the size of hawks here. So yeah, it's yeah, I heard it's problem. the Alaskan state bird. It <laughs> is, yeah. They'll suck you dry like a sturge. I heard the story about the two mosquitoes that got a guide, and he says, hey, maybe we should take them down by the river to eat them. He goes, no, if we go down there, the big ones will get them. <laughs> uh Oh, like the mosquitoes are big. They're big. I got that. Yeah. I got, oh, I, I, I left a mic on. I shouldn't have left on. Well, well, you need to do about that. It's in the mush pot. Nothing. I, I can unplug it. On, oh no! Yeah, I don't worry about it. Don't unplug it. No, that'll that'll make something horrible happen. So let me just <laughs> let me just like have a like a, a cleansing moment from last week's podcast for all of you. That's <laughs> all. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Is the energy still in the room? Is there an angry sort of malaise? Everyone relax. Everyone be calm. It's it looks okay. like a lot. Of, it looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> it was. It was some of the most fun I've had in an episode in probably in a while. Because the guy is so. I understand his humor is not everyone's humor, but <laughs> fuck, it certainly is he mine. Is he's the Howard Stern of gaming yes. podcasting? That's yes, exactly what I thought. Because <clears throat> you yep. were saying you got. Tons of emails afterwards, and half of them are like, "Oh my god, I love that guy! How hilarious!" And other people are like, "I hate that guy! Never have him on again." Right. And, and you have to get it. He's a cartoon character. He even calls himself that. But I, I, he's like an insult comic, is what he is. He's he the, is. he's the Don Rickles of gaming. So you know, he's but he is very derisive. You either like him or hate him. I. Mm-hmm. I, I thought uh, Stu's setting his meat thermometer. Yeah, the, the by beeping the way. you're hearing. <laughs> It's not a euphemism. <laughs> it is not a euphemism. It is uh, actually necessary. It's not his uh, diabetic alarm going off. It's okay. No, because it's not. Because he's, my, it's he's smoking some meat, and that I is am. also not a euphemism. <laughs> it is not. It is not a euphemism. That's probably the wrong way. It's gonna. It's gonna beep for a while. I gotta get the temperature back up because it's gonna start going off in a minute. Let's just take well, a second. I- so I thought about because I was really fun to see the kind of the vitriolic reaction of some people on the forums and and just it kind of woke people up. I thought that was in some ways it was a good thing, you know. It, people are like, it's I didn't feel like, like seven right now. 
so the thing that that I get annoyed with though is that maybe that was someone's first time listening to Happy Jacks. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, I I used to, I think I used to put that disclaimer on the um, uh, convention episodes as well, right? Because those are kind of a train wreck sometimes. Can you turn the turn down the talk back? Your uh, your my my voice is coming through I'm your speaker. Okay, sure. yeah. If you have, do you have earbuds or something? Headphones. Sign he just language. muted himself. He's just not going to talk for the rest of the show. Right, <laughs> you should have you should have told angry that you needed him to. I you know I, the thing is he I could have just like, click and just he, mute him. He like. muted it at one point. It was hilarious because he came back and he's like, what the, what the, "I've been on mute." No, <laughs> he's he's dropping just bombs and he's you know he's like, "Why are they not reacting? This is the worst." I know, and he, and he you know a little tiny postage stamp down there. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you can't really tell if the person's talking until unless they switch up to the big screen. Right. So yeah, I I've decided I should make sure I'm never on when Angry's on because I loved listening to it. Right. But when I was listening to it, I was thinking of all of my typical id type responses I would give, <laughs> and I was like, wow, that'd probably get real bad real right. quick. Square off and destroy each other. Well, I just well, I'm just listening to it, and he's like, oh, "Well, you should do this the whole thing." I'm like, "Oh, I don't know if I could take advice from like a homeless unemployed dude, but thanks for your input." <laughs> you know, just <laughs> how's that Kickstarter going? Like, you know, like bad shit oh, that would just, man. would you know, because that's the way I then because I'm like, oh, and then I'd say like that. No, that was just a character. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. It's like we did that one. We did that one bog fest, and I was just really fucking obnoxious. But I was wearing that western shirt. Right. I said it's the shirt. It's like I have a, I have a western shirt on. That's what's causing it. Yeah, he, this he, is cowboy he, cowboy Bill. That's right. He's for, funny, man. He's so funny. For those of you who emailed me and said, "Please don't have him on again," I'm sorry. He probably will be on again, but it's going to be in months. Yeah, he's you can't. You can't no. have him on too much. No, 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 no. See, but it's That's, weird. It's like I told Stork. It's like Lenny and Squiggy. Right. Two or three minute scene in the middle of a Lerner, Laverne and Shirley. Great. Whole <laughs> whole series. Bad idea. Yeah. Thank God you went to a classic to describe. Yes. Right. Like, right. Four <laughs> people that listen to the show are going to know that reference. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. You know, I think most people listen to the show are old. Like you, you know what it is? is <laughs> I, like I think that. It, he reminds me of a, uh, and Stu, you'll get this old reference. There was a guy that I used to, that I knew, and I was like, I wouldn't see him for like a long time. And I'd be like, oh man. And then he'd show up like, oh, oh my God, it's, oh, I haven't seen this guy in so long. It's fantastic. And then after like a half an hour, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm, I think I'm done. Right? <laughs> and, and I would always say that guy was like candy corn. When you you come starting to Halloween, oh, Halloween and, you're, and you're like you're like oh it's candy corn I haven't had candy corn for oh I remember candy corn candy corn's great and then you have like four or five or six of them and you're like oh, it sucks fuck, it's candy corn <laughs> right you, you're excited when you see it right you want a little bit of it right you, I, you, I, then I you remember why you hated out of it, it. Oh, yeah <laughs> can't make a meal out of it no better than those wax lips we used to get remember those we, yeah well, one thing one thing I think that maybe the show had changed is when Tappy wasn't on anymore because mm-hmm. he's also super vitriolic, really opinionated, and there's a certain demographic within the community that really enjoys Tappy's, like, rants. Sure, so I absolutely, think, you yeah. Know, yeah. So I think that, that was a little bit of that old vibe of that. And I think that 
kind of juxtaposed with I think Stu's desire to, to maintain some sort of level <laughs> playing field. Like it's a nice back and forth for like you said, one episode every six months. Would yeah. be great. Stu is doing yeah. a shitty job policing because he was laughing pretty much the entire time. <laughs> he really <laughs> like, I got over like, yeah. I had so much fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you haven't listened to that episode or if you're a brand new listener and that was your first episode and you're still listening it gets better. <laughs> yeah. I, you know I'm what? Like, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I don't I think, I don't it, think it gets better is maybe the right thing. It gets different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it certainly I, will get shorter. That was yeah. also probably our first three-hour episode in a long The longest time, one. Man. Yeah. It was, was it the, the longest, longest episode? episode? Yeah. The longest episode. Because I know it so, went past three hours. Stat, Stat Wizard Lokio like, has them all cat- tabulated in a spreadsheet. And he's like, there you go. Three hours and 35 minutes oh, is no Happy Jack's longest episode. Wow. Yeah, and by the way, if you, are, if you are on the forums, make sure you click through to check out the stat sheet that Lokio did. It's amazing. Uh-huh. Not, only, I not, seen it. not only does he do like minutes and such, but he also gives like a little summary of what each show right. was about. You get a synopsis, the, the, who the hosts yeah. right, are on it, yeah. and then how long it was. Oh no! Kidding. Yeah, and we uh, we uh, that after the fifteen oh two that that broke the five hundred hour mark. Right. Oh, really? Happy Jack's podcast. Yeah. So we're God, on. What a waste of time! I know. <laughs> <laughs> how many hours? Five hundred hours. I was thinking about how many days it would take you to listen to it nonstop, and it's a lot. How <laughs> so. many? How many hours is it that you have to do something to become a? A master? A thousand. A thousand. Right, so you're halfway to halfway mastering to podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, Gateway 2015, September 4th through 7th at LAX Hilton Woo-hoo. Hotel. We will be there. I should put my games up. I'll be running, running Mott. I'll be running it at least twice. Maybe three times. You know what you're going to run? What uh, storyline? I want to do the Starship Troopers thing, because nice. I'm working on the random character generation for it. Um, okay. And then uh, I'm not sure if it's all three are going to be that or if it's going to be something else. I may run a horror game too. I'm not sure. Depends on kind of what kind of what Sitch looks like and if I can get because because I know last year or last or two cons ago they were talking about having a quiet room for games that are not not us. <laughs> well, I think Jim had one game in there because it, it was like a like a mystery. Mm. But uh, you know the more you know sitting around sipping tea. Right, having your conversations rather than, yeah, I, I shoved that thing up right. Kim Jong Il's ass. <laughs> so a Tyler game specifically, <laughs> but not necessarily Tyler. But you know, uh, so there. And you you have something to plug as well, don't you? Something that I'm I'm very remiss. I sure about do. Mentioning. So we are coming around to uh, I don't know whose birthday it is between the 17th and the 24th of July. Uh, apparently, somebody amazing. Uh, there is JackerCon 7 will be there, uh, and that uh, is going to be the third one of this kind of the year circle. Like, yeah, so I'm really, I'm, I'm really hoping to kind of keep plugging it for the next couple weeks to get back to where the first three JackerCons were, which were there were 25 to 30 games being offered, oh, no 40 kidding. plus people participating, and uh, yeah, just. A really solid uh, four or five days of gaming. It's not been that the last couple. It's really trickled back, and I think I was kind of like going to kick back and just just let it cruise. But I realized that we are an easily distractible lot of gamers. So yes, you know, July seventeenth. You said that was one of the dates. Yes, seventeenth to the twenty fourth. 
David Seven Hasselhoff days. was born July yes. 17th. That's who I meant. That's who I was referring to. He's also a cancer. Hoff. Wow. Yeah. He is a cancer. <laughs> cancer <laughs> on Germany? does kind of grow on you. <laughs> and you and grow and grow and grow. <clears throat> and somebody named Angela Merkel, whoever that is. But Hasselhoff. Angela Merkel? The, she's the, whatchamacallit, of Germany. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. You know what? Hasselhoff is the fucking king of Germany. And I think it's, so yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, and I think it's Angela, as if Tim pronounced it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Stork, are you running anything at, at Gateway? Uh, Dave and I have an idea for a uh, for a um, uh, uh, freak show, but uh, Dave's you know up to his armpits and babies, and so we'll see how it goes. We can find some time, and if he can get there, and yeah. Wow, that was just a disturbing visual. Yeah, <laughs> up to his armpits and babies. Yeah, that should happen. In the, that should happen in the freak show, Stark. The two some unlucky point. ones that are actually nested in his yeah, armpits. Actually, in there. <laughs> Guy's not even here to defend himself. Those yeah. poor babies. Trap full of babies. I, I came up with an idea. I'm thinking. I'm. I'm. I'm pretty sure we're going to go to the con, and I came up with an idea that I think would be pretty good, but it is kind of a like it's a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Thing and the kind of the ideas. That yeah, you mentioned that to me. Yeah, yeah there's there's uh, <coughs> a, a serial killer that you are. The the players are all um, like internationally renowned, famous detectives, and there is a serial killer that they're they have to find right before the next victim. So kind of a investigation heavy. But like, but it's also there's light. like a ticking time. There's like a, yeah, there's a, yeah, there's, there's a, clock a, there's a clock ticking. Right, right? so mm-hmm. it's. That seems like something that, that ties in with the you only have four hours in the game, and if you don't right, get it done right. by then, then the bad thing happens. Right. You know, seem kind of, it might be kind of interesting. Have you ever had someone at a game, or like a four-hour con game, that actually has a, a, a ticking time, like, on the table? Stork, you guys did that. In, didn't you do that with the Traveler game? That one, tra- that one uh, you and Dave ran on the ship, on the spaceship? And, like, at, at certain times, like, okay, this thing just happens. Like there were timed events that happened. Well, that's like the rock star. We kind of had events that we that we that we had happen because people were just running around, and we actually wanted to drive it forward because they were stuck in jump space. So we we had to have things happen at certain times, but uh, there was no actual physical clock ticking away on the table. No. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, I don't know how that would work, but might. Or (coughs) go with a run that uses that. That'd be really good. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'm very tempted to do, and I don't know. And maybe I'll just do this as a shadow con thing for people that want to do it at some point mm-hmm. is to just do Star Wars character gen with people, right? Because we just did one this morning, yeah. And God damn, hey, that's fun. and it was about you know, four hours by itself. You and were I, talking about raffling something off, yes, earlier. I yes. just thought of something else that you might want to raffle off. Smoke for meat? people? No, for people who are coming to the game convention. Yes, make a guest appearance on an actual play. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, you know, or you know, what we could do. What if we had a contest and then we did an actual play with them at the con? Oh, there you go. Yeah. And recorded it. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cool. We got a couple of, uh, new or uh, uh, different actual plays coming up uh, next Friday. I'm going to be playing World of Darkness. Kurt's running it. Uh, Mary, me, Jim, and Gina are the players because I've never played it. Right, re- it's old it's World of Darkness, which. That's what the those old fogies play. <clears throat> but I got the new old one. Goth, I really like the system, huh? The all the old goth kids play. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Recovering goths now. You know that global That's warming right. is threatening goths, right? Because 
Yeah. They dress in black. And I know. It's like, they can <laughs> die out. <laughs> like so, Neanderthals. So just bursting into flames. Let's yeah. drive as much points. as we can. Yeah, you need to. <laughs> All their makeup starts to run, you know. They're oh, just you know. Like Neanderthals, they just can't handle the warming. Right. Tip exactly. You, you have to wring as much non-joy out of them as possible until right. they're gone. So mm-hmm. it's... So get, get get some black trash bags and cover up your solar panels at least for the next couple of years until we're we know it's safe. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to read the first email there? I knew you were going to do that to me, Stu. I looked at these and I saw this giant Bible of an email. I, well, you and know, I thought, we can split up because there's like a the regular email and then there's like the long, long, yeah. long thing, and they look longer than they are because I'm using a larger font. Okay. So okay, it's not really it all better. It's okay. it only looks big, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is like it is like the old typewriter font, right? It's like it Courier, is. and it's double spaced. It's cur- It's exactly Courier. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just, just go for it, and it'll be all easy. Okay, so here we go. There's people that are uh, like, "What is... the fuck is that sound they're doing?" I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Young bastard. Steampunk. Alright. <laughs> it's a steampunk keyboard. <laughs> Just glue some gears on it and call it steampunk. Sorry. Gaming homework and a Pathfinder Society nightmare from, from Flint. Hey all. I hope you are all doing well. Laser printed hero! Exclamation point. First, Stu, I'd like to thank you for Laser Printed Hero. After my son was born, I sang this song to him once, terribly. And has become his nightly daddy sing before bed ever since. <laughs> and he even tries to sing along. He's 21 months now. And I, I, when I read that, I, we're having a baby in October. I thought that'd be a really nice song. Just, and he's a laser printed hero. And just like, just kind of sway back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty nice. I'm, I'm, when I first read it, I saw he's 21 now. I didn't see the most. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, shut up, Dad. <laughs> No, I imagine he comes home plastered. Dad, sing me that fucking song about you. Yeah, I remember it. (laughs) Okay, he also gets violently upset when his mother or sister attempts to sing it. If you could ever find the time to record a lullaby version, I would be forever thankful, and so would Emery's. I'm in. I want to do that with you. All right. All right. It's got us in Glockenspiel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and you should do you should do a bunch of of, of the gaming songs as a lullabies, and don't edit them. Just have them be straight I'm up. Min maxed out to the max, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you know, we should also record the lullaby I wrote for Zachary. Do you remember that? No, I do not remember. It was it was when we were at Tim and Lisa's wedding, uh-huh. and and for whatever obviously because everyone was at that point still drunker than me someone handed me Zachary to hold right right which like not a good say, idea which is right. suspect <clears throat> and he was he was not pleased <laughs> no understandably mm-hmm. um and I was like, oh, and I was like thinking like, oh my God, is Stu going through this? So I actually wrote, I have all the words in there, like, but the, the chorus is lullaby, lullaby, daddy drinks because you cries, so lullaby. And it's just like this really beautiful little song about how like, I don't sleep because you won't shut up. Right. But it's dad's, really gentle. Dad's a drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the happiest day of my life when they started sleeping through the night. Oh. oh how wait. long is it? That's the first year, right, Stu? Like, in six months, six, right? Within six months, I think they start sleeping through the... Good. Through okay. the well, it depends on how many shots you give them. Yeah. A little, little bit of NyQuil goes a long way. Um, no, Baby's first Jameson? Baby... 
<laughs> smart babies prefer yes. Jamesons. <laughs> All the sophisticated ones, too. <laughs> sophisticated babies prefer Jamesons. That's and right. Cool. Extra babies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're asking you to turn on the Q&A, Stu. I thought I had. Well, you know. I How can they ask that? Not. There's no Q&A up. The I Q&A is up. Uh, Before the you chat start room. the rest of it, let me do the thing. Do the thing. Uh, you can email us if you would like to email us and contribute to the show at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. <laughs> That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. <laughs> we have a forum. You can go to our forum, happyjacks.org slash forum. We have a Twitter account, happyjacksrpg, all one word. And, uh, and there's other stuff, too. Facebooks. There's a Facebook, <laughs> happyjacks.org slash Facebook, happyjacks.org slash Google, I think those goes to the Google Plus page. Right. We need to make some Vine videos. <clears throat> MySpace. Uh, or MySpace yeah, account. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. No, I don't think it is. Our tribe. Uh, it's not very active though. No. Live and journal. <laughs> live journal. Got a live journal. Account. Yeah. Oh, we got a, an Instagram and that too. But anyway, that's it. We just <clears> oh, games. and if you want to listen to the show live when we perform when we do the show, perform is a good word for it though. We perform the show. Uh, you can. You can go to hang, uh, happy, happy, <laughs> you go to happyjacks.org slash live and there you can watch it on the on the YouTubes. And uh, there's also a chat room if you happen to be watching it on the hangout and you uh, uh, you can go to happyjacks.org slash chat. Do you think we can get Angry Jam as part of the Angry Folk Network? <clears throat> I doubt it. He's got his. He's got a lot of irons in the fire. He does, like trying to find a job, yes. right, and a place to live. <laughs> Oof. It's a tough crowd right. over there. You know yeah. what? If he would, if he would just be an Uber driver, he could do have it all at the same time. <laughs> oh my God! I would pay extra to have him be, drive me around New York. He'd be like, like that would be awesome. Be like Cash Cab, but this is called an Angry Cab. Yeah. You know, the thing lights up and he just berates you for your. Oh, your that's Morris Pizza, but that place sucks. That guy's a <laughs> cocksucker, asshole, fucker. Let me tell you why. <laughs> He should be a tour guide. It'd be amazing. <laughs> he should be. He should be a tour Angry guide. Angriest tour guide. In a city he doesn't know. Yeah. Because you'll know it all anyway. <laughs> well, it's good. He's he's moving to Chicago, and Chicago has a place called Ed DeBevick's, which is a restaurant where the wait staff gets paid to be mean to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's really? the whole shtick. Yeah. So he could be a manager there. He could. He could manage. He could be he could have lots of flair ready to go. Yeah. There's a restaurant in Pasadena and I don't know if this was their official slogan or it's just the slogan that every everyone gave them and it was service with a fuck you <laughs> <laughs> what restaurant's that i've never been there i have to ask heather because we used to pass it and I, we went there once and i'm like the service ain't that bad all right but apparently at one point it was like notorious all the waitresses were all like tatted up and full of attitude and hot Maybe. <laughs> it depends how hungry you are. You sure that wasn't a strip club? That kind of sounds like a strip club. <laughs> it was a strip club. But they had an amazing smorgasbord. It's like Suicide Girls yeah. Hooters. Right. So you right. mentioned Tappy earlier. And I've already dropped three amazings. Because I just <laughs> popped it's amazing. No. It's, to the, it's, in the, it's in the zeitgeist. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will continue on. Yep. To the question, gaming homework. For my games, and this is right up, right up my alley, I was a high school teacher, and I run games... With sometimes my players call it gaming homework, but uh, I agree kind of with what he says here. For my games, I create secret Facebook groups for each game. These groups contain all the information for the game, home rules, character sheets, plans for when we will game, etc. 
But I also create a document for players to write in-character journals that recap the game session for a nominal reward. In Exalted and L5R, it was a one bonus XP. In Savage Worlds, it was a bonus penny. In D&D, it was 25 XP per level, etc. And what I do is I have questions kind of, and I, I really borrow from Dungeon World and Apocalypse World, where they're leading questions. They're kind of almost a fill-in-the-blank style question. It's easier for them to answer. And we do it all via text. We have a, a text group that just everybody has their phones, and we just do it through that. And it's, so uh, you basically ran away from that fight, and then you hid, and you saw one of the other characters, one of the other NPCs do something strange. What was it? And then that just kind of helps build that story and the sidelines. Mm-hmm. So I have and the rewards, this, but but I'll wait till you finish. Yeah. The yeah so the rewards that this I do. This is the topic, by the way. All right. Yeah. The rewards that I do is just to uh, I give them a reroll. Like oh, it's like a Benny basically, and they just they get a reroll. And the complaints that are coming, like I feel like that's a little bit way, uh, kind of a way to mitigate it. But honestly, like they're all fathers, all my gaming buddies, and they totally need. Uh, a carrot to to respond so i needed to find something so here we go continuing one of my old-timey friends hated this and so does a couple of my friends and though we talk a lot and help each other plan for games we don't play in each other's games anymore he got angry at the mention of it and still does calling it gaming homework he would often say games should stay at the table i don't need to do extra when i go home and when i pointed them out as optional he would go on to say but if I do it, then my character. If I don't do it, then my character falls behind the others. That's no longer optional. So again, like I try not to penalize my other players because they have super busy lives, jobs, and kids, and everything. But we only get to play two to three hours a week, and maybe for some people that's a lot. I don't know. But I feel like uh, not much happens in the story that I would like. As I just think it's a nice opportunity to do sidebars and things like that. <clears throat> We can talk about character motivation, storylines, and so much of what has happened in the game has come from those almost play-by-post style gaming that I, I downloaded all that information off the text, and now it's a log that we all can access. Like It's, it's been a really big bonus to the game, mm-hmm. so I like it. Okay, continuing, yeah. page two. From my perspective, I find them fascinating and illuminating. Me too. Fascinating because I just love to read them. It is very interesting to see from their character's perspective everything I just experienced from from the GM's perspective. Illuminating because I learn far more about what the character understands, wants, and expects from the game. These journal entries have altered entire story plots because of the feedback I was getting. And I just agree 100%. Again, they can't be mandatory. They They can't be something where if other players don't do it, next thing you know, they're falling behind ability and power wise but at the same time the characters that we're playing with now are richer than any characters that we've had before like they have huge just stories that are going on that especially because it's a game online a lot of those things none of the other players really know until there's a big reveal so it's a really nice opportunity to collaborate story-wise with the other players Okay, so from my other players that loved writing them, there have been several, they have told me how much easier it was to stay in character because they would reread or simply or simply the act of writing the journals cement the character into their minds. So I guess the question is, have you ever done this sort of IC in character journal before, and do you think it is fair to reward players for this sort of activity? Because of the XP given, is it optional or not? That's kind of what I want to talk about as, as a topic. <clears throat> I'm kind of against doing that kind of thing for the most part. Um, and I, I do think if there, if you, if there is a carrot, uh, there are gonna, there are some players 
maybe certain kinds of players who perceive not getting the carrot as this guy he mentions does as being as falling behind. <clears throat> but if I don't do it, I don't get a Benny, and then everyone at the table has Bennies but me. So at that point, I'm now being I'm now being penalized because if everyone right. has something that I don't have. Yeah, it, it seems like you're rewarding the unemployed and people with a lot of time on their hands, <laughs> right? I'm working a 12-hour day. I don't have time to go through and read, you know, uh, an hour's worth of journal entries to get my Benny. And so, like, after five weeks or a month and a half of playing, everybody else has got three or four free Bennies. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Well, you should read the journal. I'm working 12 hours. I'm on a crab boat for four months. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so I I will say that the, the reward aspect of it is challenging. The yeah. other side of it, the journaling and the keeping trace, like I am all for. Oh, a hundred percent. I don't think there is there any disagreement that this would not make a game better. No, it's I don't. Yeah, I, I think I, I, as a GM, well, first off, as a player, I'm actually thinking about starting to have my in, in the Traveler game because still my character, what my, who my character is, is still a little bit in flux to me, mm-hmm. and I think I might be able to just kind of like you said, kind of cement that more by like writing out. In his words, this is what happened in the last, right? You know, in our, our, our last encounter or whatever. Um, so, so I think, and the value, of, and then also, like when you're talking about when 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 uh, Kurt's talking about from the GM perspective, uh, if if there is like little stuff that's happening, like in our Elden Enemy game, you're switching characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a discussion, and I think you ended up having a discussion with Tyler mm-hmm. about how what is going to happen. Vis-a-vis your character, whether he's going to return or not, because that spoilers, it, Bill's character leaves with Crush, and um, isn't coming back. Drang and Crush leave, but Drang is oh. Drang is one of his bonds, right? Which is a mechanic, which is a great building story and character mechanic of Five E. Is that you have flaws and bonds, personality traits, and his bond is actually to Tyler's character to protect him, right? Right. So that's been his. <coughs> his geese almost the entire time. Like, that's what he does, right? That drives mm-hmm. a lot of his decisions. Um, and with with Crosh returning or leaving, right, it was like, well, at the very least, I'm going to go with him. Right. right. And it worked from an us playing the game standpoint because I was missing the next week, so that was fine. Mm-hmm. But then as we looked at what was happening off camera and which we'll learn about in the game, and it's like, I don't know if he would come back. And so I had to talk with Tyler and talk with other people, and it just made sense for drang to stay at crosh's side right for whatever they do next um but yeah then that but all those little elements are great to capture mm-hmm. for you right mm-hmm. as the gm especially right. i think and, and that i mean that conceivably could be considered homework because it's like well we, we're not a, we're not having a session so how, how are we going to figure out what it is your character is going to do next and when you have it i mean if you have that downtime and you have a player who's willing to do it i don't have any problem with doing it at all <clears throat> I just think, can that be its own reward? Does it have? Because I think that's the sticking point for, for most people. Sure. Now I've I've been on both sides of this. So when we when I ran uh, was way in the set the wayback machine. But when I when we did that champions campaign that I ran mm-hmm. back when we were in the Los Coyotes place, right? Right. Um, there was a friend of ours, Scott, who was also an, a comic artist. And at and he did a comic book cover that was basically a visual synopsis of what had happened the week before. 
right. or the session before. Wow. So there was always this comic book cover that then would be there, and it would be like, oh, yeah, right, that was the, that's who we fought, or that's where we were. Like, it would trigger a bunch of sense memories around it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very cool and was certainly super useful for me. Um, and but that was but he did that because he liked doing that. When uh, conversely, as a player, when uh, when I was in Tappy's Traveler campaign that we played over uh, over the Google Pluses in the early days, it started right. on Stickham and, and Stickham, then we went, yeah, right. started on Stickham, <laughs> and then we went to Google. Um, I would. I was the one who did all the combat ordering. So I sat there and like, okay, who's got what? And, you know, kind of ran the, the combat order. But then I actually took notes on the combat. And then afterwards, I wrote up every session in kind of a synopsis form, including what happened in the combats. Mm-hmm. And then we also had a Facebook group, and I would post that up on the Facebook group. So because we didn't have the ability to do actual plays, or we weren't doing them, I guess, because we could have, um, the thing that was really interesting about that is everyone could read those right. and go back and say, right. oh, here's what happened, here's where you met, here's what happened in the fight. Right. So, And I just liked doing that. I didn't need a, me- a mechanical mm-hmm. benefit for that. Right. But that very much spoke to what, in that game, I really wanted to do. Now, Stu did something similar, but he was jamming, and he wrote like a journal for our L5R game. You had a, a link with a bunch of resources, uh, character names, histories, and stuff. But that was all on Stu. So not only was Stu running the game and coming up with all that was a wiki. That, you actually came yeah. up with the whole wiki for it as well. Yeah. I, I find it interesting yeah. that he crowdsourced it. So it's it's more on the players to keep track of their own shit rather than the GM doing more work after the game ends. Right. I think the, well, the sticking point, like we're talking about, is do you reward people for that? Like, do you give right. them a, a game mechanic reward for that? Good, Kurt. Well, I, I just, I again, like, I would put out there to all my players. This is what I would like to do: is I would like the game to continue even between the actual face-to-face or online sessions. And how do they feel about that? And I got a buy-in from all the players. And again, like, I, the idea of writing a journal is to me feels almost a little bit cumbersome. But now we have this technology where you can have six people on a text stream, you know. And so you can just have, like, a, basically the game conversation, almost play-by-post style, can be right easy. You don't have to go to a website or anything, and you can just go ahead and have these text bouncing back and forth. And for us, really, we're a group of friends that have known each other since we were little kids. So it's kind of this just friends hanging out via text, but then the game is also being furthered. But like Stork said, we're all working like crazy, and I've had my friends say, you know, you're four hours fucking ahead of me, and you're waking me up in the middle of the night with this stupid shit. Like, I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> So I was like, you know, there's a mute button right there. You can just mute it anytime you want. Like, if you, you want us to bother you, we just mute it. So, and then you can go back and check it later. So the, the rewards thing, honestly, like, I, I don't think my players are that motivated by it. I just, I'll throw it out there. And in some ways, the reward mechanic that I've added to our Pathfinder games is just to mitigate the weirdness of D20 systems. You know, just like dealing with weird random ones and things like that. So. Right. So uh, let me ask this question as part of this. Do we think that that we are uh, that there's alternate usage of technology to make this happen? Like you're talking about texts. One of the things that was interesting, and I think, made this work really well uh, in in that Tappy game is that we all played remotely. So we had I, w- I could have multiple windows open, and I would be having a conversation, an off an off camera conversation with another character. 
mm-hmm. right? Because we're in a stateroom or we're on a planet and separated. And while the camera's one place, we're talking about stuff. And then we would take that chat log, basically, and give it to Tappy and say, here's right. this stuff we just went and did. Like, here's our player interaction. We're doing role-playing over here. Here's what it is. And, like, this is our idea. That kind of yep. thing. Um, mm-hmm. So we could pass. It's almost like passing that note, but super comprehensive. Right. <clears throat> and we would do that. We would just like do that uh, so a lot during the session, but then outside of the sessions as well. We would say like, "Oh yeah, yeah, let's let's figure that out," and we'd have a a back and forth. And I think GMs can drive that. Where like we just did character gen this morning uh, for a game, but I have to do follow ups with both players. Right, and, be- um, and because it's Traveler, you were taking copious notes about all the ev- life events and stuff, because that, that's fodder for the GM to pull in. But you do have to keep a record of it, to be sure. Right, but then what I'll do is I'll send you an email, I'll say, so, in this year, this thing happened, who was that? Or right. where were you when that happened? And then you get to write that part of the story, and then I can put it back in. So, maybe if there's not a mechanical advantage, <clears throat> does it worth to the players if it makes the overall experience richer, and particularly richer for their character. Because as a GM, it's certainly easier for me to fold people's stories and backstories in if I know, like the more you know about them, absolutely, the, the better that's there. Yeah. And not every game system. Traveler certainly is designed to give you all of that in character gen, right. but there's a lot of systems that aren't. And is that enough of, a, of an interesting situation where it's like, wow, I'm going to get to do more things that are personal to my character if I'm a part of it. Right. Uh, Sergito is asking a question on the Q&A, which is up. I love the idea of writing a, char- uh, writing a character journal, and my group does it now. Why can't your players throw together a paragraph or two? My players do it sometimes <laughs> at the table while we're cementing dinner plans. I think... <laughs> I think writing comes easier to some people than it does to others. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. there are people who really consider writing, even if it's only a couple of paragraphs, fucking work. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this would be interesting. Can you can you set up Twitter groups like you can Facebook mm, groups? No, I don't think so. No. Right, or or set up a thing, a message, like something that is... You have is, a really obscure hashtag. Has, try ha- it. Yeah, right, like, but some, <laughs> like something, and whether maybe you did it in Facebook over message, like, but you set up some kind of private group mm-hmm. that has a natural limitation to it, Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So it's not like, oh, Mm -hmm. here you write, I wrote 16 paragraphs. Like, you're like, no, you can write 140 characters. Mm -hmm. And then then it's more conversational as opposed to soapboxy. Right. That's that's why we do text. Because it's typically a sentence, two sentences, and then it's a response. And right now, we've had to split the party the last session. Two of them have gone off to a different plane, and they're trying to do things. So I just split the text. So now there are two text streams going on. And again, like I just mute it until I have an hour when I'm sitting on the toilet and just hanging out. Then I'll just go ahead and flip it over and see what we're talking about. Yeah. So you're like you're like Peter Jackson directing Lord of the Rings. You've got like four or five mon- monitors, right. and they're all in like scattered yeah. across New Zealand. And you're like, all right, action, and move it a little closer on he that camera over there. Lord of the Rings and, uh, while he was on the toilet. Yes. Have you little seen the size of that guy? Little known fact. Yeah. So he sits on the pot and he has all these monitors set up in the bathroom. Sure, that's right. No he was shit. a busy man. He didn't have time to take a shit. Who <laughs> 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 number two work for? Maximize your time. All right. Okay. 
Well, uh, you, do you want to keep the nightmare, or do you want to keep keep? Oh, I keep going. Through. I got enough break there. Right. Oh wow! But yeah, there, yeah, here we go. Hey, if you have uh, your right. team, it let me know. Okay, nightmare. Okay, if you have time for it, I will tell you about the one time I went to a Pathfinder Society game. That's good. Sergito's on here because he represents Pathfinder, and he has positive things to say about it. Where I have negative things to say about it. <laughs> but you My don't have to make an opinion on this, because it's somebody else's nightmare. So. And I, exactly, that's right. It that's might right. be its own type of I've horror. played, I, I played yes. Pathfinder, and I really liked the game I played in, but it was not a Pathfinder Society Pathfinder Society. Right. right. Yeah, all the, the cheating stuff was that last email when Angry was on. It was like, there was like people, like the response from somebody was like, well, you can just audit them. And someone, when I heard the word audit reference to a gamer's like character sheet, I was like, that would turn me off of that completely. Yeah, that seems, that was a, that was a real eye opener for me. Like, that just makes me think of Scientology again. Yeah. 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 We've reviewed you and found you wanting. So <laughs> I'm going to play a role playing game and I'm going to cheat because why? Uh. Yeah. Because if you don't, the GM's going to win. I guess. All right. <laughs> Want to win D&D. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. My real group had broken down. So one of my buddies, and I went to the Pathfinder Society to poach some players for a home game. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> hey, why don't you guys come hang out with us? <laughs> Isn't that why most of them are there anyway? Because you're right. They're just it's looking like, around. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Please take me home. <laughs> Right, yeah, it's like they're the they're they're just sitting like all. Maybe if I'm here, someone they'll pick me up and and like go on a date. It's like when you're at the bar and it's late. It's singles like, bar. It's the singles oh. bar. It, Pathfinder Society is the singles bar of of role playing. See, I like I like to think of it more like the allies storming into Auschwitz, you know, and they're like they're like <laughs> kicking the door like you you poor people come with us. Oh my We've God. got chocolate and we'll help you out. <laughs> I thought I was treading on tough ground with like a singles bar thing. We at Happy Jacks would like to apologize to. So when I show up at a Pathfinder Society game with, you know, some packs of nylons and chocolate. Yeah. I'm, that's right. And these guys all look at you with their hollow eyes. I would follow you. And their spirits are crushed. And they're all... Oh. I'm, right now, Sergito is, is, I'm sure, forming a very long uh, paragraph full of acerbic wit and wisdom. As to why I'm oh, so no. yeah. holy shit! No, he just answered. You want to hear what he said? Yes. Sure. I don't carry a torch for Pathfinder Society anymore. They stole my desire to care about what they do. Oh, oh damn! There we go. <laughs> you know you could audit them. <laughs> you can get your e meter out and yeah. <laughs> and I heard Tyler Tyler say similar things about Pathfinder and that all the mistakes that that uh, Watsi engaged in with all the bloat of three five. And I, I actually, we just use the core rules. I won't let any other rules come in because it's, there's like seven books now. I'm like, I don't want to deal with all that. It sounds like that's what, like, Paizo's catered to the players, and there's a million splat books out there, and it's just a, yeah. It's a cumbersome game. As the GM, you, you can decide what comes into the game you're going to run. Yes. And as long as your yeah. players are cool with that, that's, that's why I, I'm very pro 5th edition D&D right now, because there's only the three core books. Mm -hmm. They have not released. For now. For now. Yeah, for now. For now. <laughs> yeah. I, right I still I hear you just lament and lament about how long the combats take. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it's fucking D&D, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work that way when they were first level. Yeah. Although yeah, no, I gotta say, just math wise, it's better than fourth. Oh yeah, because yes. the, the the number of hit points the big bad monsters have very rarely go over like two hundred, three hundred. Yeah. Whereas 
you know the, the the your top level bosses in fourth edition would have fourteen or fifteen hundred hit points. Entire games, yeah, a whole session, maybe more than one. Yeah, maybe you take a picture of the map at the end of your four hours, and then you come back <laughs> the next week and finish the combat. I got my dailies back. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why they're called dailies. It's like if your combat goes into a second fucking day, you get to use your stuff again. That's right. Woo! I'm back. Okay. Uh, I have been told since that poaching this way is a dick move, but whatever. My altar of gaming glory needed sacrifices. To make things go easier, I went online. Uh, DL'd a few character sheets and made a uh, downloaded a few character sheets and made a halfling bard, assuming he could die quickly if I needed an out. <laughs> I <would. laughs> oh, poor halfling! I hope choice. I hope there. My favorite character is my gnome bard. I love my gnome bard. Okay, I went to the pizza hut in the neighboring town and was immediately struck by the sound of a kindergarten. There were some twenty-five or so Pathfinder Society players being louder than the sports fans and arcade okay. put together. Okay, wait. Their Pathfinder Society meets in a pizza hut. <laughs> oh my god, this is the best! I would imagine just walking into that, just wanting a normal like, I'm going to go have pizza with my family. And what is yeah. why does this place okay. smell like feet? <laughs> well, it's Pizza Hut. <laughs> oh come on, it's not that bad. Pizza Hut. Really? That is Pizza Hut. Pizza. <laughs> Yes, Dork. Yes. (laughs) Uh, There were some 25 or so Pathfinder size being modern sports fans. At first, I took this to be a positive sign, as surely I could find a stray from the herd and take it home to my gaming group. Also, a lively nature was generally a positive sign, as quiet gaming groups are often scary. (laughs) Being the extrovert, launched myself into the crowd and was immediately struck with the confusion of the group as a whole. Astounded that some old guy, 34, oh, that's old? Oh, fuck you. Entered their half of the restaurant. After a few awkward moments, the leader of the gaggle of very young, 17 to 20 mostly, 17 to 20 mostly, players came out to meet me. I'll call her Big Mama. She was easily one of the older members of the bunch (laughs) at about 21. She sat me down away from the rest and got me squared away with the Pathfinder Society and told me she was the GM for the night. She was very bright, but when I told her that I had played before, owned the Pathfinder books, and GM'd for as long or longer than she had been alive, she still insisted on quizzing me and explaining the basics like a kindergarten teacher. Irritated, I took my sheet and sat with the kids. My buddy split, my buddy split off to sit with the others, and I never saw him again. To this day, I wonder... Just kidding. He's able to find a little lamb for her altar, but that's later. <laughs> the game started, and I discovered that she hadn't misspoke earlier. She was the GM for the night. Some 27 players and one GM. <laughs> Fuck you, Stu. Your game is... Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, my record's... 11. Yeah. 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 Wait, you got 11? No, 17. 17. Yeah, yeah, forget the most, that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, roll for initiative. <laughs> All right, so someone tabulated. I'm going to go get a drink. That's right. Jeez. 27 very loud, rowdy players that had to be constantly told when to roll or act via the telephone game, or Big Mama would have to move around the table to actually talk to them directly. Needless to say, this was slow, which got side conversations going, which allowed me to quickly determine no one with an earshot about three feet was a candidate for my table. A literal nose picker, two high school students with no car, 
a guy that wouldn't shut up about necromancers, etc. <laughs> Stork was there. <laughs> you know, about thing about necromancers. Yes, it really is. A, it's a, an anti-paladin. Yeah. <laughs> if you raise them when they're freshly dead, they're still kind of hot. <laughs> they don't fall apart as fast. You can get more out of them. That's right. <laughs> When the game really started going and the crowd died down a little for Big Mama to read the adventure to us, yep, a monotoned voice from behind a three-ring binder from which she was reading the adventure blurbs to us, which included our motivations, desires, and general actions. After 90 minutes, I'd had enough. My level one character leaped forward into the plot to hopefully die at my earliest convenience. This meant also that I got to react first to whatever situation came up. And when I say react, I meant to I meant choose one of only two possible choices choices from the script Big Mama was holding. <laughs> two choices. You go left or right. When I attempted to deviate, this would happen. Me. So I'm chasing the thieves around the crowded street. Yes. Big Mama. So either roll strength or push through them and roll dexterity to weave through them. Uh, well, I'm a halfling, very skilled in acrobatics. I'm small, very small. Can I leap from wagon to wagon and shoulder to shoulder using acrobatics? That's a cool idea, but no. It <laughs> says roll strength for dexterity. What about my spells? Can I use one of them? Nope, just strength or dexterity. Oh, you're small, so it's neg one to both. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hmm. Very nice big bubble voice. I was livid. This wasn't even railroading. This was scripted gaming. And then the gods of the game decided now was when all my critical successes would roll. This level one character jumped into every fight at every trap and critically succeeded with nearly every attempt. <laughs> I couldn't die. Uh-oh. Did, did they audit his dice? Yeah. Yeah. And float him <laughs> in, in a root beer. <laughs> Uh, I was the Raven Queen simply refused to let the little halfling to join the ranks of the dead. I ended up staying the whole night. <laughs> there you go. Worst nightmare. When the game was over, my friend showed up outside and emerged with a little lamb. This is getting creepy. To take home to our group. But wait. Please. This guy had a girlfriend that was willing to join too. Getting creepier. Oh, cool. Always nice to have girls at the table. I was very excited and chatted up the little lamb. He was obviously a power gamer and a bit of a rules lawyer, but I had mm. dealt with that before. Then it turned out that the girl was Big Mama. <laughs> oh! <laughs> blah, blah, blah. She was nice, and it looked like she was happy to be invited to be a player again. Apprehensively, I welcomed them into the group. The next two game sessions were spent watching Big Mama stare blankly at the wall until she was prompted to do something. Where was the script? And listening to the little lamb constantly boast Bato's character could kill any other PC before they knew what happened. Neither of them ever spoke in character. I'm not even sure if little lamb even named that character. We changed game night so that it coincided with Pathfinder Society, and they stopped coming. <laughs> Very <laughs> deftly do. done. Deftly done. There you go. Yep. See? Death by logistics. There yeah. you go. Sorry, <laughs> right. we gotta switch it to uh, what time's Pathfinder night? Thursday. Yeah, we gotta switch it to Thursday. Oh yeah, that's oh. the night. That's, yeah. that's called passive scheduling. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, you didn't get any bennies for posting the journal. Didn't I send you that link? <laughs> It was this experience that has forever soured me on the idea of organized play. Flint or Remus on the forums. P.S. It's tradition. 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's brutal. That is. Uh, someone asked a question here. Uh, Kurt wants to know when you co-GM a game. This is for Stork specifically. Oh, yeah. I'm do sorry. both GMs get credit towards the free ticket? We've we're, had we're is- a special case. We've had issues with that in the past. Uh, no, we didn't get credit oh, for both tickets, uh-huh. but. My name is well enough known, and, and, and Dave's is well known, enough known that we didn't. We would now just sort of talk our way out of it, and our badges are where they're waiting for us. Plus, we also do we also do the podcast. Yeah, you guys are hosts, so. yeah. right? And I have photos of Aldrich naked with. Oh, we have a lot of photos moose. of Aldrich it's, doing all yeah. kinds of shit. It's good <laughs> yeah. I went to high school with him, so I knew him when he was a nerd. More I did not know you knew him that yeah. long. I didn't know oh, it was yeah. since high school. Yeah, uh, I thought Aldrich it was nerds. I thought it was college cool. or after. I thought you guys were in the gaming group later. I didn't know it was high school. We were. Eric, Eric Aldrich and I started a, a, a gaming club at Wilson High School called the Gamers Enthusiast League. That's uh, that's amazing. Chill. Yeah. Next podcast, we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, the the game. <laughs> and we had we had sweatshirts with Greek letters, gamma, epsilon, lambda. <laughs> This is long before Revenge of the Nerds came out, too. Wow. <laughs> Wasn't it? When did Revenge of the Nerds come hey, out? You were skinny then. You could actually no, get I was shoved into skinny. a locker. I was not skinny then. Oh, oh you were no, a wrestler. I, I wouldn't fit in a locker. Oh, okay. No, I was at 187 weight class. you wrestler, too, right? Well, first year, my first year in high school. Not by the second one. Um, Football is for heavy guys that can run. Wrestling is for heavy guys that just want to lay down on a mat. <laughs> With another guy. Exactly. Another guy. Like, With another, another, another guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that explains a lot. It help. Does. I need help from Josh. Oh, thank you, Flint. Thank the, you, Flint. My God, that was a great question. story. Excellent nightmare. And congratulations to you and Big Mama on your fourth anniversary. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, uh, monk, uh, Backwards Monkey said, uh, Ugh, I just wrapped up my very first Traveler character gen session, uh, and I missed your entire conversation about Traveler. Do we talk about travel? We talked a little bit about it. Not a lot. A little bit about it. But not, not much. It's okay. You know what? Probably your players won't care if you do another one. <laughs> right? Right. And and we were saying earlier, like, uh, it, Bill was saying, maybe I'll just do a character gen at Con. And we did that, and it was a big success. It, yeah. You could, really could just run, like, three right. sessions of, char- of travel right. character I mean, but gen. But you did, you did that, and then you had a little, little, little adventure. Like, a little yeah. thing. <clears> right, so. And it was probably faster with two GMs to do character it, gen. It was. It took us... Uh, it was like three hours and fifteen minutes. It was, and we capped it at four. So just because right. we had right. time, but we just to do just to do what we did this morning. Yeah, right. Uh, was that was two characters, and that took us about three hours. And to be fair, because we were because you're, you're probably res- talking and we were, but and he re- he reskin travelers, so things are a little different than normal well, character gen. So right. you can't just look it up in the book. We have to go through a bunch of other papers. Yeah, you got to pop around. It did yeah. slow other stuff books. down. Yeah. Yes. Help! I need help from Josh. Dear Happy Jackers. My name is Josh, and I started listening to your funny and very informative podcast last season off of a recommendation from Fear the Boot. We love those guys. I'm now working my way through your backlog and can't wait to hear all of your gaming experience and knowledge. Now on to my question. I'm a newer GM. In other words, not a single one of my games make it past the first or second session. Oh. My brother recently asked me to run a game for him after I got him hooked on a couple of actual plays for D&D. I need help, though. How do I balance the game so it's fun and challenging for one play, for a one-player game? Should I, sh- should I add an NPC to help in the progression of the story and to help with combat, or just let him play solo and keep the enemies to a minimum? 
Thank you for helping one way or another. From your new fan from Ohio, Josh. P.S. Take a drink. Yes. <laughs> if you're playing... It's so good. If you're playing 5th edition, I don't see why you couldn't play solo. I, there are certain character classes I would probably suggest over other classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that has a little bit of healing ability might be something worth taking. Uh, maybe a paladin. Paladins can have healing stuff, ranger. Right? War, you know, a war shaman, shaman with the war caster class. Mm-hmm. That was what Tyler was playing. That cleric, was super, right, effective, yeah. super it, effective. It, isn't it a class that gets a followers or companions or something? Uh, there is. If you take, if you if you go, uh, it's not a class as much as if you take the noble um, uh, background, background, right? And you and you and you take knight. You get in a retainer. There, you get three retainers. Okay, cool. yeah. but they're not fight. They don't fight. They fall like like, oh. like one guy helps with your armor, another guy grooms your horse, the third guy walks polishes your shoes. What a badass you are, or whatever it is. Yeah, right. But it's it's pretty yeah. interesting. I, if you're careful, I think you can play a solo game. Anything. I actually kind of like solo games. They're fun. The the mm-hmm. problem with adding NPCs, if you're going to add one, add one. But the problem is, it ends up being a DM NPC. You end right. up playing as much as. As you end up, GMing. make sure it's, uh, make sure that that NPC doesn't say much, right? And you're gonna have you're gonna have a hard time because you end up you're gonna end up going back and forth, being the DM throwing stuff in the counter, and then talking to your your brother in this case, your other pl- your player in in player kind right. I just think it's especially if you're new, it's a lot to do, it's a lot to keep your mind. And I think I would shy away from having an NPC that you end up you know following him around mm-hmm. if it's just people they interact with that's fine if it's a touchstone like uh the wizard that sends him out on quests he can go back and talk to that person but don't put anybody in there with him I, uh, yeah i think i agree uh S- sb lloyd said not every game has to revolve around combat especially for solo player games right right again if but you play this a, is D if you play a ranger me. <laughs> if you play a ranger they're, they're really self-sufficient and you could easily have him running around in the forest trying to figure out why you know why the, the green is dying why the forest is slowly dying and it could be right. just all about mystical things and uh, rather than fighting off mm-hmm. invading orcs and spiders although the song that's fun too I think one yeah. thing that is actually super appealing to this idea is the fact that you know you're really as a GM you're really serving the character and the story for that yeah. player, right? I think we all look at how do we make sure that we're, you know, juggling around and making sure everybody's kind of got their story and everything, right? And it, for example, in the Traveler game, the first story arc definitely centers around Dave's character. And everybody yeah. has their moments, there's things that yeah. happen with it. And I think there's meaningful events that take place that are either triggered by or in service to other characters. But the the big payoff, you know, was centered around kind of the one character. To me, I think it'd be really interesting if you could GM a game for someone, and it really is about like what they do. I think you could do things like give them resources they could tap into that allow them to have things done. Like there, if there's some kind of commander of a force, you don't play all these different NPCs, but they have. They have resources they can allocate. I, th- I think another one, just because it made me think about a stork, is uh, is I think as a as a if we were playing a solo play and you played Triggerworth, Triggerworth, mm-hmm. right? It would be perfectly fine for me to be playing Tito because you use him to try to get information or try to do certain stuff that your character doesn't. Right. But I don't feel like because he is 
he is in, he is subservient to you and is not someone who's going to be having some conversation with other people. Like that kind of relationship could also work. I'm actually reading the um, the Brother Cadfil Cadflow books or something. It's about a, they've got turned into a BBC series, but basically it's about a, a Benedictine monk who solves murder mysteries or solves mysteries. So I'm thinking, wouldn't it be cool? Because that's something that you can do on your own. Wouldn't it be cool if your wandering bard wanders into the castle and there's been a murder that's happened and you have to figure out what happened? It's like Clue, so, which is a very right. simple thing that one person can do to go around talking to people, following up information and such, and it's it's it you don't need a bunch of people with you it's something that you can do by yourself so you can do you know a, a medieval murder mystery involving your to, one player to tie this back into what we were talking about earlier as far as homework goes you have a gaming group of five or six people those sidebars that you can do via text via facebook or whatever those are really great opportunities to do that one-on-one gm versus the gm pc like i I have characters that they're a cat herd they run off in different directions all the time but i always tell them like just for the sake of the game functioning you can't take off like all the time during while we're playing with everybody sitting at the table. It's going to be boring for everybody else. So if you want to do something that's just going to involve your character, let's do it through the week before the game session starts. You know, I think that's, that's when it's nice to focus on. There's a really good thread for, uh, from our 11 on the forums about one lone wolf, a GM and a PC that kind of, we talked a lot about that kind of stuff that like, there are some really rich moments that can happen, but at the same time, like that player can feel very isolated and it's trying to, mitigate between like having the all the focus be on that one player and then maybe they're just getting kind of overwhelmed by that god it makes me want to run a, a solo adventure somebody in deadlands like that would yeah, be, yeah. Awesome. Like, a, like a wandering gunslinger yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like there's dark just, tower just, series yeah, yeah there's just like certain character classes and settings where you being the sole focus of stories would be as a player, would be super interesting and rewarding. It, it cha- it's going to change the flavor of the game too. Instead of everybody going out to the dragon and killing it, you're going to be doing more stuff that's more sneaky, more stuff that's <coughs> perhaps uh, more um, it's just stuff that you can do on your own. You know, right? I like that. Uh, you too. Okay, I hope well, I answered uh, that question. Kurt, again, uh, I did a solo game to introduce my wife to RPGs. I was worried about the combat oh fourth edition. Uh, so I gave her an NPC who could heal and help if she got in trouble. For the most part, he was just there for color commentary and would always defer to her. There you go. Yeah, I, uh, you can do a DMPC if you're really good <clears throat> and careful about it. He says he's a new DM, so I would shy away from it personally. I think you're going to find yourself having complete discussions with your player in character and then have to be the DM and throw... It's just It could get really complicated. Plus, you know, another thing that's really interesting, because there are a lone player and, and you know you asked about josh about the idea of like do you keep the enemies to a minimum of stuff we talk a lot about especially in the last couple of podcasts the that balance between are you mowing over the group of enemies or do you feel fear and can you die or not die and those things boy if i was playing a non-healing class and i won a fight but got my ass kicked and i've got three hit points <laughs> left i'm like where am i holding up right like, yeah. you know suddenly that changes the between fight dynamic, right? Where you're not like, right. oh, I did that fight. Okay, great. Hey, give me some healing. Oh, short rest. Boom, let's go. Right? You're just like, okay, uh, 
I'm going to... Oh, Jesus, am I using all my hit dice? I'm what leaving am I doing? the dungeon. Right. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm going to town I'm and going home. room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is, a, there is another option, and that's you can maybe give them an animal companion as well, like a war horse. Right. Or your ranger has a wolf, or your... your a panther. Uh, your bard has a monkey. I don't know. But, um, oh my be, god, I want to play way. that character, dude. <laughs> it's like an organ grinder that goes from town to town. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and he sends the monkey out to do crimes while he's, you know, Holy like playing Yeah, he's a pickpocket. The monkey's a pickpocket. That's oh yeah, my god. That's it. That's Third it. level rogue. <laughs> Bards. Bards and rogues. Right. right? They're grifters uh, and con men. No. Come on, a con man is a is a like a ten level bard. My character <laughs> my character is a seventh level a seventh level thief with acrobatics and a high dex. I also have a retainer. Who sits behind me and plays an organ and grinds it <laughs> while I go out and do crap? Oh wait! Oh, you're the monkey! Oh, you're the monkey! Oh shit! God, so good. My name is Caesar, and I'm going to overthrow that. Uh, you could do something. Uh, this is from Sergito. You could do something like Highlander. Have a, uh, the main character be a paladin. Um, anyone? Anyone uh, in high school pronounce it Paladin? Anyone? No. I had a guy in high school who pronounced it Paladin. He also gibber gabbed a lot. <laughs> oh boy! Um, he can play a paladin, and each time uh, he kills enemies of his god, he gets a level. And he also said, "I ran one player. Ga- I ran a one-player game for several years in Second Edition AD and D. It was a great opportunity to develop a crap ton of NPCs. It would be hmm. excellent. Right. Hopefully, right. there's a lot of good ideas, Josh. There you go. Pathfinder Society from Michael. Another, and this is not. I'm not." We literally got a lot of Pathfinder Society. People were like, oh, yeah, Pathfinder Society. And here they came. So You had a commenter <laughs> who had trouble with his uh, Pathfinder Society player who cheated constantly. There are absolute tools, or absolutely tools in the Pathfinder Society to avoid that sort of thing. The character's gear of value, over 25 gold pieces, is on a sheet that is signed off on by the GMs. If the PC wants to use gear, the GM's debt, the doubt he owns, it is time to audit the sheet. There are several other auditing tools for Pathfinder Society that are in place, including requiring the presentation of the books that specific items and rules came from. Audits are uncommon, but encouraged in the case of regular cheaters. Yeah, and like I, I want to spend the first hour of the game auditing all my players to make sure Woo-hoo! they're honest. Well, it, yeah. may ta- it, it may not take that long. Right, and that's and I wonder, but, I, but how rampant is it? I mean, they have rules in place for it because people are just showing up and saying, like, here's my character. Right. And so they're trying to... I get that they've got, you know, some guidelines. And it seems like those are there for a GM who maybe is new to running Pathfinder Society or is certainly having to look at potentially tons of different characters that have come out of nowhere to look and say, all right, let me just look at some basic calculations here. Uh, okay, wow, that seems that seems pretty you excessive. You have a plus seven sword in your third level. Uh, right. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. But... Yeah, God, you wouldn't hope that every session was starting with GMs having. And you know they're going to argue. It probably isn't. Look, I, yes, it's got it legally, and it was in a campaign that we did. And they're like, and they just they try to dazzle you with bullshit. And you're like, listen, I got a game to run. I don't want to well, spend I mean, a forty five minute argument on the this. thing. Pathfinder Society, you're going to be in an, an adventure path, right? Which mm-hmm. means, it, in a, if the GM probably has access to all that stuff, may even have it all with him or on his iPad or whatever, right? So he can say, okay, well, which 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 game was this in? Because that sheet probably says it was an X session of X adventure path 
right. that you get whatever right. that thing was, right? Yeah. I would well, imagine it's it's got that level of detail to it. So you could go in and flip through it and say, oh, yeah, that's one of the things you could have gotten, and you got it. Okay. What was the name of your GM? Let me give him a call. Well, that, that, <laughs> that gets ridiculous at that point, if, you right. get, if you're going that far. But... And and I, I would imagine we've had we've had several people who have um talked to, relayed stories of horrible GMs in Pathfinder yeah. Society. I don't think it's Pathfinder Society's fault. I really doubt the guys that are writing those adventures want them to be followed that slavishly. Yeah. I would bet if you were to talk to them, they would say, "Oh, well, you totally can let them use an acrobatics role instead." Of course. What are you, an idiot? Right. Yeah, I, I, I think I Pathfinder think wants you to have all the tools so that if you get lost and if you've never GM'd a game before, they're all right there in front of you. Right. You know, I mean, I think we've been doing this shit for so long, we take a lot of stuff for granted. But if you think about the first time you ever ran a game, what a train wreck that was, you know, just like trying to figure out how everything works. I could see why they kind of lined it out. Uh, Having said not that, me, not me, not me. Very first game I, very first game I GM'd, I won it. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you killed them all. Killed them all. Oh, those fuckers. It, it is weird, though, DT Pines, because sometimes you'll go on and you'll listen to, like, maybe, maybe even known professionals play a game, and you're watching this going, this is not really fun. This is a lot yeah. of mechanics and a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of dice rolling and not a lot of role-playing. Hmm, this well, is a lot. And I, I watched an actual play of them pl- of, of the design developers of 5th edition D&D playing... Whatever that adventure came out when they came out with the like the really scaled down rules before the game was released. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, yeah. And there was that like yeah. complex of tunnels in a mountain where there was that like, was the name of the module, which was not. Why I didn't do well. Right, complex of <laughs> tunnels in a mountain. In a mountain. But I, I you know I was watching that, and I'm watching these guys, and they're not role playing at all. They're sitting there doing this, rolling dice, and waiting for the fight, and then the fight comes, and then they're all, you know, paying attention. But they're also playtesting. Sure. And that's the thing, too. Right. Is a and lot they're playtesting the whole game. When you, when you watch some of these, uh, some of the board game actual plays or RPG actual plays, if part of what they're trying to do is show you the mechanics of the system, they get way more focused on that and less on what's the role-playing happening. Right. Right? And, and I think that's where it's rare to find one where you're like, okay, wow, they're... They're explaining the mechanics. They know what they're doing mechanically, and I'm really enjoying listening to this collaborative storytelling session. Right. That's one thing I noticed about uh, um, when Steve Jackson and and his guys were on the show four years ago, or however long it was now. <clears throat> After they, they had to cut us cut us off and say, "Hey, we got we got to go because we're, we're going we we have a game coming up." And one of them like dropped into character and immediately started making some in-game reference for this campaign that they play whenever they're all together. Wow! They're not play testing; they're playing because they want to play. Right? right? It, it's something they get together to do, probably to remember what it Why is, is they're, they do. They're they're doing what they do, right? And that I would like to see those kind of games from the developers and stuff like that because the play test is interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just not. Well, it seems like if although I know why they do it now because I've run. I'm, I'm dominating the conversation here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've run. I don't know what six, seven sessions now of of Moment of Truth. There have probably been 
20 die rolls in all of those sessions combined. Because I'm running a game the way I would normally run a game. I'm not... Mm -hmm. Which is one of the reasons I'm reluctant to put it out, because it doesn't have... The system hasn't really been pushed that hard, because I barely use systems when I roll... When I GM anyway. (laughs) Doesn't it... Doesn't that kind of speak maybe then to the Pathfinder Society as well? Because they're on a time limit. If they have a bunch of people in there, they're already trying to... So they're trying to push people through this adventure and get it over and done with because they have to. Right. Uh, so if people start role-playing and you know wandering off the path, it's going to... Slowing everything slow down. everything down. You're going <laughs> to piss off the other players. You're, you're running up your time limit. So perhaps by just the necessity of it, these things tend to be pretty mechanical. And there are players there that are there that get their loot. Right, they're there to get right. that so they can move on to the next game, mm-hmm. and you know they mark it, mark it off their bingo box. So really, it's like the Academy Awards. You're there for a certain amount of time. If you go over long, they're playing music. They move you off. Get <laughs> you the next yeah. game. Yeah. People are just there for the hardware. That's right. They're right. there for the swag. Bag. And occasionally, there are moments of brilliance that happen. Right? Yes, right. Yeah. But despite the fact, but it's not the Academy's fault, and it's not the station. It's like nobody's fault. It's just it's the system. They're victims of the system. Is that what you're saying? Because it's not really yeah. Pathfinder's fault, right? That, that the GMs do that? No. I don't, no, I don't think it's no. Pathfinder's fault. No. Unless they show up ready to cheat. Go ahead, go ahead, Kurt. The fact that it's a reward-based mechanic, again, getting back to like getting rewarded for your homework, the fact that you can walk away with stuff to then take on to the next adventure encourages cheating. And I, I've seen it. Like I, I sat in on a, three different Pathfinder Society games just because I wanted to see what it was all about. The scenarios are great. They're really creative. Like they're definitely, there's lots of opportunity to do fun stuff with them. But the players are a lot of ways because they are not, they don't have any social connection to the GMs typically. They just sit down at the table and they carry their character sheet to the next place. There is a chance for, I saw a lot of people fudging dice rolls like, oh yeah, I rolled a 20 or I rolled a 19. It's like, that looks like a three to me, you know? <laughs> so there's, there's definitely a culture of, fuck it, we're going to just succeed whenever we want, you know? So that's, that's a little frustrating. I, I, I could see that. You know, I, has any, so, so you've played, you've played DT, you've played in a couple three, just to see what it's about. Yeah. And Steve, yeah. have you played in any? No. In Stork, no, right? no, not Pathfinder. I, I played in one Pathfinder game. They 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 run PFS at Bitcoin, right? Sure. I I think I'm gonna do one. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Like I want to like we talk about it enough, and you know, there's all these horror stories and stuff. But I, all right, I'll go. I'm gonna play how I play. And sure, then we'll see what happens. Right. I'm not gonna throw monkey wrenches intentionally or anything, but like I'm also not gonna sit there and. But you're gonna play like you play, but you're not gonna throw monkey wrenches. No, no. I what the in- fuck is that? Intentionally. <laughs> the minute your hobbit opens, it's about to argue with a bartender. Everybody's gonna look at you. <laughs> what do you say? I throw. You say I throw monkey wrenches? Yes, you. No, throw you throw wrenches. entire monkeys. <laughs> And they happen to be holding a bag full of wrenches. Yeah. All right. Well, see, it's not me. It's the monkey. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, all I, right. I'll, if you do that, I'll sign up for one, too. Oh, my Maybe God. Maybe in the same I'll one. do it if you do it. Boy, Tyler and I Tyler and I went to a game that was... Uh, it was... Uh, not ready for you? No. No. It w- no, no. It weren't. And, but but we, did, we were good. We were as good. Like, we, we were good kids. And, and but near the like and and you know what and if that game would have gone three hours it would have been pretty good, uh-huh. but they but the GM needed to get that fourth hour in and oh boy, that's where it really went sideways. Uh, <laughs> so we just took over, and that was oh, good. that was fascinating. It was I will say I really liked the idea of it was the was the fact that this guy had probably and I'm not kidding forty Gerbs characters. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he's like, "Oh, yep. Choose who you want out of these." 
That's and they cool. were and it was just like cross worlds thing and right. you were all from different known uh you weren't no the known characters but you were from known universes so there was okay. everything from star wars to star trek to dungeons and dragons like, and but when you got there you had this thing where you were something happens you're like oh my god i'm i'm a character from something but you're real it was this weird like right. very metaphysical strange thing but it was totally by the time you get to that last thing like we're just like oh god we're all really just can we, I, that that last fight was okay we should stop now right <laughs> but like his story wasn't done and, oh, oh boy oh. so yeah uh, SP Lloyd said uh, the developer of Mage: The Awakening Second Edition is looking for playtesters. I've always wanted to play those. I've, I've, I've read the Mage, I've read Changeling, I've read, and I love their fluff. I love, and I've heard such bad things about the game. I'm it's afraid. great. No, oh, no, it's really great, great yeah. game. Story. New World of, uh, of Darkness is a great game, a great system. Okay, very good system. The 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 only problems I've heard. The people I've talked to who are sticking with Old World of Darkness love the story and the fluff from uh, the vampire source book for Old World, and they don't like what they did to the in New World. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a crazy idea. We should do a series of actual plays, and they could be like a like a one off, like like you're running at a con, Mm -hmm. like a one shot, but in but in all these different systems, and we just get people we know from the Happy Jacks community that are like kick-ass experts in that system to to run the system. Yeah. I, right? I love but that That idea. means Jib mm-hmm. will be GMing everything because he knows all of these games. <laughs> no, 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 he doesn't. No. First of all, you could, we, could send, we could decide when we want to play that nobody knows. We'll send it to Mary and then we can play it next week. That's true. Yes, <laughs> so she, she, she does. She'll like right? memorize a game. But we could have... We could have because I don't want you to have to run everything either. So right. like we have like Mook run mm-hmm. a groups thing, and like, and then we could it'd be this kind of cool thing where people are like, oh god, they're talking about this mage, the Ascension thing. Oh, I'm going to listen to their actual play, right, right. Yeah. And then the people that are running the one shots think of, okay, I'm going to do one that kind of highlights stuff in the system and mm-hmm. is fun and deals with those things. And then it'd just be nice to be have this like kind of canon of right of actual plays that people can listen to when we talk about these well, weird systems. I'd love to play them too. Well, yeah, as, some dirty as a guy stuff. that lives in Alaska <laughs> and then runs a three time a year online con, I would really love to see Happy Jack's people down in the the hub that is Southern California run online games for the listeners. You know, just because like Stu's already talked about doing that, having a moment of truth game, like we'll invite yes, people in. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that kind of thing, at least for us, that will not be going to Southern California anytime soon, it's a really nice opportunity. And then those can be, re- like, we record all of our Pathfinder games, all of our Star Wars games, and then you can turn those into actual plays. And the recording quality of Google Hangouts is actually really solid these days. It is. It, sounds it absolutely good. is, yeah. 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 I, all those are awesome. Mm-hmm. Those are all awesome things. Yeah. yeah I, I, that, I announced running that game before I was ready to actually... Right. Start it. So I'm still working yeah. on the because it has a random character generation system, and I'm still working on it. And I don't know if I'm going to do it if it'll happen at con, but I'm going to record an actual play of a fiasco game. But this time I'm going to actually yes. have the recorder set right. There you go. Because <laughs> we recorded that last one, and it was fucking awesome. And Stork was fucking awesome in that game. It was. And I was so pissed that <laughs> so none of it came out. It, no. it was like I, I was like I'm oh. listening back to this. It was like. It was like this weird, like, robot sound thing. Right. I was like, ah, well, I guess I should have learned to use the Task Cam before I... 
Set it I don't know what uh, Stu did for, or if this is Stu or Bill, I don't know who does the sound setup for the Star Wars game, but 7, like the sound quality has kind of been up and down, but 7, all of a sudden I had my headphones on, and Bill was in the middle, and Stu was on my right ear, and like Tyler's in the left, like it was like you were sitting at the table with you guys, that was really... Really yeah, like a nice I, addition to I, it. Thanks. Oh, you just I, put the thing right I, in the middle. I, yeah, right. I, I've yeah. tried different stuff with it and where it is and different mic configurations, but what works really well now is I, I put the, the recorder in the middle. Stu uses overhead mics when we do Eldamy. I use the built-ins okay. on the Tascam, right? But, they, okay. but they're stereo, and I found the right configuration on where to set it. So you nice. should be able to hear everybody, but it feels very positional. You, and you it, put it up on a big towel so that all of our right. dice rolls don't right. Have it like a little stack of towels, so get some elevation, and you don't right. really hear table noise and stuff. Yeah, mine, mine, uh, the the Eldemy game, I, I render everything to mono, so it doesn't spread out like that for people who listen with one earbud in. Right. Well, it, you, it's oh yeah. It, it 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 bleeds like you will hear things louder or softer because I've done that too. You can still hear everything, right. but if you have a stereo on or headphones or whatever it's a really interesting space it's different yeah yeah and the thing that's really fascinating and where i think it it worked really well is if you go back and listen to right near the end of episode seven right and it's mm-hmm. after the big i don't know for people who haven't listened to it i don't want to give it away but it's after uh, the big fight at the end epic storkness there yes after at, while at the, <laughs> It's it's right before the epic stork event occurs, <laughs> but Dave is having a conversation with Stu. At the same time, Elspeth is asking me if she can do something. Right. And when you listen to it in the headphones, you can hear both conversations happening. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's so Immersive. funny, because once it happens, and then you and Dave resolve your shit, Dave turns around and says, okay, where's this thing? And we're like, oh, no, nah, it's gone. <laughs> because it happened at exactly the same time. Right. He looks. He's like, okay, now where's that? Uh, what? And it's and like listening. I was like, oh, that got caught extra well because of the the way it recorded. Right. Um. But yeah, I think and and I've I've started to bounce down the what we did this morning. Um. And we're this isn't a spoiler. With Tyler leaving, we're adding another player. Um. Mm-hmm. Into Star Wars Travelers. So. Um, Stork is making a character, and Rob Taylor is going to be coming in, and and he made a Clipper character. Rob <laughs> hates troopers, hates stormtroopers. Um, and I threw, threw my grenade at him. <laughs> 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 and you guys were on the opposite sides of the table, and I set it up so the mic you each had a mic, so you hear you hear me, and I'm I'm right, I'm hearable, but you you do get a lot of back and forth, which is kind of interesting, mm-hmm. but it. But it all works in the in the mono, I think. It seems to it. But I, yeah, I, I've been struggling. I, I, once you send it to me, I upload it as is. I don't change. Yeah, no. I mean, I listen to it with just like one can okay. on, and all it right. seems like it's fine. But but thanks for that. Yeah, I know that it, it has been pretty up and down. And in fact, the 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 bottom of it was the one we did at the con because right. Oh yeah, I, that yeah. one I had to go in. and I barely pulled that one out, and it, the whole time it's got <laughs> that weird like going on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I just wanted to mention. Uh, I mentioned last week that uh, I would put up uh, how we record actual plays, um, and if you go to HappyJacks.org, there's a thing that says I think recording actual plays or something like that, and it lists the equipment that I use specifically. Um, but Bill and I use the same recorder, which is a DR40 Tascam. Right, it's cool. It looks like a tricorder. Yeah, yeah. nice. <clears throat> and it is. It, it's 
such a good recorder. The microphone, the condenser microphones in it are very nice mics. Yep. Um, it's got built-in um, a limiter, so it's very hard to overload it. So you don't have to worry too much if you set the levels too hot. I mean, you can still overload it, but what's the price point on those? Uh, two hundred bucks. I'm guessing. I don't remember. I don't know. Mine was a gift, so I paid for mine. I no one loves me. Maybe we'll uh, put a link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll put a link in the show notes. But they're a cool little device, right. and, they, yeah. and, the and they really aren't very big. They're like the size of a beer bottle, and you could you could take them anywhere. Yeah, they're they're great, and they'll run. You can uh, through USB. You can you can have it running like into your laptop or wherever, or or a you know a USB plug into a wall or whatever. Um, and it also runs on batteries, and the battery life when you're recording is actually really long. Amazon has them on there for one forty one oh nine. Yeah, super. Oh, great. Wow. Yeah, super yeah. good. So, deal. Stu, here's a inside baseball question. Uh, what are what's the downloads like for those actual plays? How many people are listening to them? Um, around like twelve to fourteen hundred. Jeez. Af- after wow. uh, after a couple weeks, is D and D more popular than Star Wars? No, no, they're about the same. Okay, uh, the, all the actual plays are about the same. Okay, it's because people are subscribing. Right. So they're getting everything. I, okay, I, right, I have right. no numbers on what people are actually listening to. Right. Mm-hmm. And our numbers definitely jumped up when we started doing the D&D actual play. Because sure. it's D&D. Yeah. With long-ass combats. Why people want to listen to that, I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> our combats are fascinating. Last last session, no combat. Really? Well, I... You had mentioned before, I think, when Angry was on about because he hates actual plays, and I still, I really want to hear him do an actual play, especially because he's so good at accents. I mean, it right. just, if he's just super pissed off and he's doing great accents, that would be a very entertaining actual play. Absolutely, I would love to listen to that. See, uh, I think so. D- DT, do you think that it's going to be? Is is he set a certain uh, bar of expectation that if like he GMs and people hear him GM that? People are gonna be like, "All right, you better bring it, bitch." Cause well, he, he mentioned smack. that himself. Yeah, he's dug his own hole. You know, when you when you sit on the well, righteous live pedestal, there now, so that's good. Yeah, right. <laughs> have you? Have you? Did you listen <laughs> to the very the end of the episode? No, I'm. I didn't get away. He, we start talking about it, and he talks about the fact that he's kind of terrified to run an actual play because he's set himself up as this guy yep. who always wins D and D. Right. <laughs> now I'm listening to it, but it is it is long in my commute. Uh, and I say this long. thankfully is like eleven minutes, so it <laughs> takes me a while to get through it. Finish in August at some point. Yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. Uh, all right, so this is a long letter. Right. We've been, we've hey, been avoiding yeah. it, but we I guess somebody's got to read it. Up. Right, it's me. I got a okay. question and a weird story from Jonas. Greetings from Sweden, aka Ugly Norway. <laughs> As I detailed in earlier letters, I'm a longtime GM who is on a well-deserved break with a close friend acting as Game Master, creating rivlets of drama and intrigue out of thin air. I was really starting to enjoy being a simple player, only talking in monosyllabic words, taking unprovoked naps, and forgetting which shoe went on which foot when the black paw of bad luck struck down my life. Because of personal reasons, I needed to take a hiatus from gaming in my life altogether. Oh, ah! yep. stage directions. Yes, yeah. there is stage directions. <laughs> yes, cue female scream from Stu's soundboard or the Dalek talking about Stork's hair. Stork's hair is great. There you go. So you got both. Man. In the grand scheme of things, 
this isn't really a tragedy with a big T. Oh, hold on a second. And I encourage everyone who emails to put stage direction like that in there for the soundboard. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. It's just going to be Charles Nelson Riley, Charles oh, Nelson Riley. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's just for a four-month period, and I'll be up and gaming as normal after that. But I've talked to my GM and said I still want it to be an essential part of his campaign. We've discussed several solutions like having personal sidebars through chat clients, but I still wanted to turn to the fatherly and motherly authority figures of Happy Jacks and ask for your advice in the subject, since your ken is both wide and deep. How can you get a satisfying gaming experience and also add to the general fun of the group when you can't attend the gaming sessions? So... We'll stop there and address that. Hmm. Wow. That's kind of a fascinating idea. What so if I, you made... Oh, go, just, go ahead. Oh, I, just, I saw a lovely picture on the G-pluses of a gaming group, everybody sitting around the table, and an iPad set up at the table with a beer in front of it and dice, <laughs> and the guy was FaceTiming with his group because he, he couldn't get to the game at all. So. Right. We yeah. talked about doing that with Tyler. Yeah. And then I realized what a delight to not have his ugly face at the table. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> He's a very, very unattractive gork. He is. Oh. He's big, too. <laughs> see, um, see, Tyler, if you're listening to this, you shouldn't have fucking moved, dude, because now. <laughs> open season. Open an ass. Season. Uh, but I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> so, but the, uh, what, I, what, I, what I was just thinking, if the player wants to contribute to the game, but not, but can't do it as a player per se, what about having that player take on the role of one of the big bad guys and have that mm. player confab with the GM and say, here's my plot. Here's how what I'm going to do, da 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 da, da etc. They go. He goes and plays it out. Whatever happens with the players and however they interfere with the big bad guy's plans, he goes. And then the next week he goes back to this guy who can't play and says, "Okay, um, this is what happened. How would how is how would your villain react to it?" Interesting. So he's like the puppet master in the background. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So basically, you give him an NPC to play, but an NPC that is not just right. using a tiny share of the GM's mental bandwidth, but you have a whole person concentrating. I was trying on to think that. of a way for him to do NPCs, but that's a good solution. Yeah. The other, the only other thing I could think of was uh, maybe coming up with journal entries that you would then just send uh, before each game session that the GM could read or that you could read. Just talking about where you're at, what's going on, maybe writing a story or an adventure so that you're at least saying that you're doing something mm-hmm. and then you can come back and everybody knows what you've been up to. Right. So you're, you're coming up with a backstory ostensibly, filling a backstory while you've been away so that that way when you drop back in, everybody knows where the new sword came from, why you have a little XP, and what happened. Yeah, you could do like sidebar stuff and some mm-hmm. of it might be noteworthy and you know, word spreads that about this. Dear group, just killed a dragon today. Right. Got a Vorpal sword. <laughs> Was great. Right. We- Miss you. Wish you were here. It really goes yeah. snickersnack. <laughs> lol. <laughs> oh, lol. It was interesting. Um, I, when I was at the end of that, um, it's the it's fireworks. I know. I just want to make sure my house isn't on fire, and I got to yeah. check the my, oh, that's my good. pork butts. Um, when we Important were thing to check. <laughs> euphemism. When we were uh, at the. Nearing the end of uh, that Star Wars, the Trouser, the Traveler game that Tappy ran, I had to stop playing, and we were maybe three sessions from the end, but mm. I I couldn't play anymore, uh, and I basically told Tappy what my idea was to resolve 
my storyline and some other big storyline stuff that was happening. We worked out what that was, and then but to make it happen, what my character had to do was I I put all this stuff in motion, laid out all this plot point, and then because the person we were trying to to basically take down, like the big bad in this scenario, had the ability to read minds, I then oh. underwent a lobotomy, a partial lobotomy, <laughs> to remove that part of my brain so they couldn't psionically go get the information. It's very total recall. So, yeah. so then I said, okay, great. So like now you ha- there's certain things that won't be changed about him. Other things were, and, it, and it was actually a psionic lobotomy because one of the other characters is a powerful psionist. And so that was actually Jessica Drew's character mm-hmm. does basically like a psionic lobotomy on my character. And then Tappy just ran my character to uh, a, a script of what I had already said he would do and basically like certain things. And then if anything happened outside the norm of that, he would email me and say, hey, so this and this happened. How would, how would Gen react? Right, and I went right. back. So I actually got to kind of felt like I was involved in the storyline and the conclusion of the storyline. Oh man! But he got to it, he ran it. <laughs> it's kind of a play by mail, only a little I, more immediate. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it, it was it was it. a it was really and it was fun because I got to figure out all that stuff and say, okay, here's what I think will work. Yeah. Right. But then it's it's almost like you know, like the NEGM thing. Whatever happened after that would just start happening and so I would get these weekly emails from Tappy saying okay so the party actually did this that and this everything went sideways so how do you react yeah what's your react to that so it allowed me to keep playing my character but in this weird and maybe that's a great solution right or something else like that or your yeah maybe your character's you know imprisoned someplace right because you know eventually you're going to get back with the group what's going to happen i mean like right now tyler and i've had tyler and i have had conversations about what um corin creel's going to go do so in the star wars game like i know what his character is going to go do and that provides the opportunity um for him to come back and like guest star in an episode if he's down or we're at con or whatever it is but there's things he's going to be doing off camera that potentially the party can hear about Sploid on the chat is bringing up the idea like you could actually have that uh, the player that's absent write in like a old Civil War journal like Dear Ma today we did this you know and and it could read it at the table so I just was thinking about Tyler I don't know how you want to do this at all Bill but it'd be super cool because he's a LARPer you could have him do like a hologram message that gets presented at one of the games. Oh my god, you know, I should make him dress up and send totally. vid, <laughs> VidCon totally messages to the team and put them exactly. on the YouTubes and you guys have to watch them. He has to like, dress <laughs> up like Corrin. messages. Like- <laughs> Today, I drank this weird shit on Regella 7. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, it looks like a warp coil. <laughs> uh, Alright. Uh, and as always, I finish with a story. It isn't a true horror story this time. It's just weird. My father... I don't have a... <laughs> my father Meh. was a vivid gamer in, in back in the day. Probably back in the day. And actually, a founding member of the world's first Tolkien society. So I got mesmerized by gaming at a young age. My sister and I always begged him to GM for us, but he told us he didn't have time for that kind of passionate crap when he had so many David Eddings novels to read. <laughs> wow. 
But one day he told us he had a friend who was a good GM and would like to run a game for our whole family. We couldn't believe our ears. We would finally be allowed to be real adventurers on the side of, at the side of our beloved father. It was fantastic. The day arrived and a very fat and very bearded man knocked on our door. A natural fat beard, if you will. <laughs> he started to pack up his things while we seated ourselves around the table. We were almost ready to start when the fat beard pulled up an odd object from one of his pockets and showed us. Now, no need to worry. We'd have made it perfectly clear that you don't want those kinds of stories anymore. It wasn't anything like that. Just a red clown nose on a string. Uh, okay, this could get... Okay. We yeah. looked at it, silent and confused, before he explained its purpose. Whenever someone does something really stupid or annoying in my game, you have to wear this clown nose. <laughs> God, you're going to get more... If it's our games, you're going to have to get more noses, because I'm not against that. That player not is, against is now out of favor with the GM, and bad things will happen to his or her character. Accidents will occur, and roles will fail until I think an appropriate time has passed. <laughs> oh, this is a challenge. I would so totally F up these games. I was oh. just a stupid kid at the time and didn't really think much of it. But if it, if I had been an adult, if it had been adult me sitting there, I would have felt a little uncomfortable at first. Then, given it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was one of the few tools he had in his arsenal to stop rules lawyering. Well, we gamed for a few hours, and it was a good game. But then, something happened. Oh. My father played a monk. Not a cool monk that could martial, do martial arts. A real monk. The fat kid that could pick flowers and take long naps. <laughs> <laughs> Friar Tuck. <laughs> In one scene, the monk encountered an ancient text he needed to decipher, so my father pulled out a pair of antique reading glasses nice. and put them on the tip of his nose. The reaction it produced was that the GM gave my father a stern look and gave him the red nose to wear in shame. Why? That's awesome. Adult me gets aghast when I think back on this. The GM punished my father for good role-playing, but that wasn't the worst part. My father grinned back at the GM, knowing full well that he had been a naughty, naughty boy and deserved his punishment. He was in on it, too. I know the 80s and 90s were a different time, but it still feels so <laughs> alien to me. It's a weird little nugget of a memory I'll always carry with me as a gamer. With regards, your 13th biggest fan, Jonas Larson. I wonder if he was just having fun at your expense there, Jonas. Yeah. I think so. Now I want to run a Killer Clowns from Outer Space right. game where everybody <laughs> right. has red noses. Yeah. Thoughts on multiple GMs and a horror story from Marty. Hello, Happy Jackers. Greetings from Windy Sioux Falls, South Dakota. People here are still cleaning up after the 100-mile-an-hour straight-line winds two days ago. Wow. We had that a couple of years ago. It was only we 80. We called it wind again. Yeah. It was only 80. It wasn't 100. Stormpocalypse, I thought that was. I'll skip through the autobiographical <laughs> intro for the sake of brevity. So, uh, But let me say that your podcast has gotten me back into the RPG hobby after 20 years hiatus. Kudos. Yay. And a drink if you have one. Now... On to the topic of multi-GM campaigns. Oh, I should read the title. Thoughts on multiple GM Multi games and a horror story from Marty. Multi-GMs? Mul yeah. Did I read it? Yeah, multi-GM campaigns. Multi. Multi. I thought it was multi. Like multi. M-U-L-T-I. Like, like, like multi. Like multi-pass. Multi-pass. Little Dallas multi -gym. Chicken good. Uh, in several... Recent episodes, as of late June 2015, you have discussed having multiple game masters for a campaign and swapping them 
swapping out between them. My longest involvement in the campaign was in a group that did exactly this. It was an Ars Magica game. A pronunciation note, hard G as in geek, not gibbering. <laughs> Mahika. Uh, Ars Magica. Magica. Ours <laughs> magic. Not, not magic. Okay, whatever. Uh, gamer, just kidding. I know it's gibbering jammer. In this campaign, almost everyone took a turn to add, add game mastering. The, the camp, I'm getting really confused. The campaign ended up being divided along plot lines. One player ran the local noble trading with devils plot. Another ran political intrigue with the wizarding order. Another ran a giant infested island session. The key, of course was communication between PCs and between players. For instance, when two characters in-game started talking about finding apprentices, that gave me an adventure idea as a story guide. I then had to block out a few upcoming sessions with all of the players to run the quest, after which another player took over, switching between GMs worked out well to keep the campaign developing in unexpected ways, and it prevented us all from getting burned out running games. Uh, as a side note, when we kind of tried this as kids, I, we when one player would take over GMing, he had to you know his his character got set aside, and if he got really into it, he would run for a couple of months. So his player like ended up not getting experience. So then when somebody else would start to GM again, he's like behind the curve. See, today uh, as grown ups, we would just say, "Oh, just have that character just level gain up. experience." Right? He, he's off doing other. But it was stuff. a champions game, so now no, right. he had to come up with a bunch guy. of powers and things. And... Pardon. I would audit that guy. I yeah. just do not know. You're not coming in here. No way. And now, a gaming horror story. Hold on to these tinfoil toilet paper rolls. I'm going to ask you some probing questions. <laughs> a gaming horror story about random character creation in high school. 1982, maybe? An wow. acquaintance right. of a friend of mine. This guy's the same age that we are. Yes. Mm-hmm. An acquaintance of a friend of mine. Wanted to run a one-shot game of Stormbringer. Yes, he yeah. is. He's our age. <laughs> we started with character creation. I don't remember the details, but it did involve rolling for occupation, background abilities, etc. A a la Traveler. I ended up with a beggar. All right. I can play sidekick to the Malabonian. No problem, I thought. Then it turned out beggars in the game could have physical problems. So I ended up rolling for missing body parts. Nice. Whoops. <laughs> There went one leg, then an arm, and then another leg. At least my perception skill was off the charts, which was probably was, was presumably why the rest of the party okay. strapped me to the back of a mule and took me into the wilderness. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. You don't, you don't just roll for one missing limb. You have to roll for each limb to see if it's missing or not. I, I've never played Sp- Stormbringer. I'll I've- have to look that up. I think it might have been like a condition of leprosy or something, and yeah. If you stork your roll and you, your low is good, you only lose one body part, and you rolled a six. I don't know. Oh, I'll have to wow. check. Dude, that is that's hardcore. I'm going to put that in my my moment of truth. <laughs> Starship Troopers game. There you go. Roll to see which body part you're missing. Don't roll low. <laughs> <laughs> or roll low because the higher you roll, if you roll a six, you got you got to lose. That's one, four. You're a torso. Come up with two more. <laughs> torso. No, you lost your torso. That's it. What? The stump ship troopers. <laughs> the stump ship troopers. Right. It's be like a racer head. <laughs> After I sat inactive through several combats, I finally reached my high point in game. The party was traveling through a swamp. I, with my high perception, saw several lizard men in the mist waiting in ambush. I pointed with my remaining hand and said, 
Oh, yeah. I also had ruled that I had no tongue. So I couldn't talk. Oh, my God. Then it went back to being human luggage. That (laughs) was a long session. (laughs) Anyway, thanks. Thanks to all of you for the great podcast. Burps, infantile humor, profane language, RPG discussion, and all. Marty. (laughs) How's that for a topper? (laughs) Wow. Human luggage. Yeah, wow, what? What? I, I'm so sorry. That was only a one shot, and that wasn't your campaign character. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right. Well, you're just three PO strapped to the Wookiee's back the entire time. Yeah. Imagine if that was in a game with Bruce in it. So you've got no tongue, no arms, no legs. It would get ugly really fast. <laughs> it would, uh... He'd be like, he'd be trying to write with his one hand. Put me over the villain so I can poop on him. He like, but he can't. <laughs> he can't get there himself. And I, if you had played like a one arm beggar or whatever, but he still had like unbelievable magic, that'd be awesome. It's like you know, so like his arm reaches around the Wookiee and just <laughs> right and blows everything up. You're like this savant when it came to fire magic. That might be different. Yeah, if you had but, cool yeah. mental powers, that'd be really interesting. Anything, yeah. 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 That's fantastic. But it's Starbringer. It's probably it's a whole different deal. It was probably a pretty bleak game, if I, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Well, that writing setting. Dark yeah. Too. Unless you're Elric, then you're kicking ass. It's right, sure. Go. Everyone wanted yeah. to play Melnibonians and bind demons yeah. to, to like rings and amulets and things, which is but it, pretty much what we did. When it's from source material by some guy named Morcock, what do you expect? Right? <laughs> do not be good. He, don't think he's never heard that before, right? I don't know. <laughs> At least it's not no cock or little cock or. I'm pretty fucking <laughs> clever. Cock. I don't know if anybody came up with that before. That might be <laughs> first one. Uh, so, how many games are ha- have been uh, announced for JackerCon? So we, like I said, we at the peak of JackerCon three, we had twenty five to thirty games, and now we're at like eight. So oh, really? I would really like to see it come back to that because I mean there was just like there were only maybe two or three redundant systems. Everybody was running something different. I got to play so many different systems of games that it was just a really great opportunity. So yeah, I would love to see that kind of return to involvement. If again. I remember correctly, well maybe it's because you're you get your stamina from being a crabber, but you were up for like three days playing games solid or something. Yeah, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I and I, I guess I was trying to be a cheerleader. Like there's, oh, I need one more player. Like all right, I'll be your player. That's fine. I had a great time, but I was exhausted. And I, it's okay I got, if Sig Hansen is yelling at you and you're making money. It's another thing if you're trying <laughs> right. to play a game, right? Okay, I yeah. Get it. Three games a day is my top. That's good. Three so games. I'll, when when yeah. does it start and when does it end? So Friday, July seventeenth, and then it will end the following Friday, the twenty fourth. And again, it's just one of those things that if I don't set some sort of dates, people are like, "I'll run it someday." Like we're just like procrastinators. Procrastinator. So right, right. yeah, seven days that lets people from all over the world kind of find a time slot that works for them. It, but typically, the the major games will occur seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, and probably on the following Friday. Okay, we. We, meaning the Poxy Boggards, are going to be at the San Luis Obispo Renaissance Fair. So we won't even uh-huh. be in town that weekend. Oh, yeah. But I will, I, I, let me let me check my schedule. I will try to run a game on the 24th, which is a Friday, if we're not cool. doing a podcast. I'll, I'll try That'd be great. Game. Play test your moment of truth? Yeah. Well, yeah, yes. I'm running. I'm running uh, kind of a, a test of moment of truth uh, back against Ken Height's uh, Gumshoe game because they're, they're kind of there's some similarities that I really mm-hmm. like about them, and it's uh, it's called All Out of Jelly Beans, and uh, you're gonna one of the characters will be Rowdy Ronnie Reagan. <laughs> 
<laughs> Come here to uh, kick ass and eat jelly beans, and I'm all out of jelly beans. And I'm all out of jelly beans. Jelly beans. Because well, it's the the movie that I am referencing. For those that don't know, we'll find out. You guys all know we're in on the joke. But it came out in 1988, which was Rowdy Ronnie Reagan's last year in office. At that oh, time, okay. there were the, the the bench of living presidents was pretty deep. So we're going to play a, a living presidents game. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to say, in fact, on the forums the other day, I, I, everybody's like saying, where do you get inspiration in Netflix and stuff? And I just said, any John Carpenter movie. So, that's, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I yeah. saw that stork and I was like, you're right <laughs> on my page. John Carpenter, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. And so, again, like, a, like, I always like to kind of, like, hold up the banner of online gaming. Like, the soundtrack to They Live, spoilers, is amazing. And so, I'm going to have that going throughout the game. There's going to be, because there's no words, it's just this cool kind of background of music. Like, there's a Coming to L.A., which is the theme song of They Live, that is just, it's awesome. It's going to be, it's very 1980s. Very, it sets the mood. So yeah, it's funny. After after I posted that, I said, "I wonder what John Carpenter's up to." So I looked him up. Not only does he like direct and write, but he also has been doing soundtrack work. Not even just for his own stuff. People have hired him to do soundtracks for other oh, things. No shit. So he writes all yeah. his own music. The whole in Halloween, the beep boop boop beep boop beep boop beep boop. <laughs> that was all him. Was yeah. it really? Yeah. Yeah. And he he wrote him. that theme and he came up with it and it's become part I of that. Was an established composer. Oh. It, well, he is an established composer, apparently, because he's actually being hired to write soundtrack no, like, music. That's a, 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 a musical work that existed outside of... Not, nope. not according to him. That. Did yeah, he really? He no shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. So, there's that little moment there. I thought that was like, what's his name? You know, the guy with it. He's fantastic. Yeah, the, the guy that did all that annoying music. John Cage. <laughs> Philip John, Glass. Philip Glass. Glass. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. It was Philip Glass. Kirk Phil- Anna? <laughs> Philip Glass was inspired by Those John Carpenter. Those sport of tricks guys, yeah. Kurt <laughs> Potts mentioned on the chat that there is a system called All Out of Bubblegum that is yes. along those lines. Yeah. But I really like the idea of, I've never done this before, where I take the same storyline, same characters, but I'm going to build them in Moment of Truth with a group. It's going to be different groups, not going to be the same players. But run it in Moment of Truth on Saturday, the, the, the 18th, and on the 19th, I'll turn around and run it in Gumshoe. So, cool. This awesome. Pair. Yeah. Do you do them as, uh, and when, when are you running those? Uh, so I'll run them uh, on the 18th at like noon or 1, and then I'll run it on the 19th, probably at like 3 or 4. Oh, uh, there's a, a guy that's running, which is, I, I just found this out. I'm really in love with the video game Fallout. Fallout 4 comes out this uh, winter. And Stu, if there's ever a year to get back into console gaming, this is kind of the year. There's some amazing stuff coming out. Like, Fallout 4 is set in Boston, and it's, so it's post-apocalyptic, and they use Fenway Park as like a stronghold. It's just the, the previews look gorgeous. They look really, oh, really? good. But Fallout started as a GURPS game. So they mm-hmm. had written up GURPS, and they said, we're going to release this source book called Fallout. And at some point, the guys that were programmers back in the early 90s said, can we take this and turn it into a video game. So all the original Fallout stuff is just GURPS rules in the, the computer. The story is so great. You know, that's, but even the first one was a turn-based game, but you, you leave your Fallout shelter, like, yeah. you know, it's kind of, it, the doors open up or something happens and you end up leaving and you're in, in this atomic wasteland and you have to figure out what goes on. It's very cool. Yep. And it just gets better. As yep, it's really on. gorgeous stuff. Yeah. So, but there's a guy running a game based on on Fallout in GURPS for the for Jackercon uh, on at noon on Sunday. So that game still has needs players. 
Okay. And uh, I think Blood Swallow on the Blood Sparrow on the forums. I think she's no, a big, right she's a big Fallout. Uh, in fact, at one of the she cons, ran a, yeah she at yeah. One, of, one of our she cons even made here. little bottle caps with a, the little yeah, cola yeah, bottle caps. Totally gave those out as many. I mean, she she's a big Fallout fan, and it was a good game. I hear. So the thing that's yeah. fantastic for for any video gamers that listen that haven't checked out Fallout Four, it's Bethesda's doing it, which also does all the open world. Elder Scrolls stuff and Skyrim. Skyrim so yeah. think open world Skyrim style gameplay, but, but Fallout, Fallout, which is nice. Probably another crazy. year of my life, gone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what it's going to be? Seriously, because I'm, I'm a completist, so I got to pick up every candlestick and turn over every rock and follow <laughs> and the, every little narrow. And the thing that I that I, I actually read this article that was awesome, and this is one of the reasons I, I love Bethesda as a development company, uh, is they announced the price. For like the badass collector's edition was something like you know ninety nine ninety five or whatever it is right right and somebody sent in nine thousand nine hundred and ninety five bottle caps <laughs> and said can I get the game and they were like yeah you're the first guy I thought of it that's awesome we'll send you a copy and we'll send you the Pip Boy so they're actually making like a device you can wear on your arm that's like. The oh! thing in the game that you can put your cell yeah. phone into, and it's a second screen. Cool. Oh, and really? It goes directly with the game. It's it's awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, I love the fact they're like, "Oh, that's an awesome idea! Hell yeah, we're sending you a game." <laughs> that's I'm like, funny. That is bad. What do we do with all these bottle caps? Well, they, I don't think yeah. buy ammunition. Like a trash can full of yeah. bottle caps. Yeah, you just yeah, just use them to buy you know snacks. Sure. <laughs> and the last time that I was on, I guess it was about a year ago, and I was kind of talking about innovations. And it's really funny that Bill on because he was doing when stick cam was still a thing, and now it's Google Plus, and a lot of people are using that. Like Twitch TV is now a huge uh, place for uh, actual plays. Yeah, like yeah. they get like really, really big following. Yeah. yeah, I mean it might be something to look at, Stu. Like it's like a lot of the Apocalypse World stuff is on Twitch TV. No, it's they're they're hipsters, so they definitely will follow the hippie games. Uh, but their their following is is really big, and the thing that's nice about the Twitch TV stuff is that they record it it's directly to it live. They stream. Uh, yes. Oh, they do. Yep. Oh. Stream right to it. Yeah, you stream right yep. to it. We do some then, live uh, stuff at work. Roll twenty, which was you know kind of just taking off a year or two ago. They now they say they have like it's eight to ten thousand users a day right now. Wow, yeah. and it's apparently so, much more stable than when it first came out. Yes, much more stable, and so it's it's one of those things that it's it's catching you know some getting some momentum. It's really nice to see like people getting access to better tools and and kind of more less hiccupy style of communication, and mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see where it's going to be in a few more years. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure if you ran a game that was on Twitch and you got some people to play in it like. I don't know, like Jessica Drew and <laughs> Kimmy and like Lindsay Ferguson. Like I'm gonna throw right. some just random names out. Right. Yeah, you might have that. a couple people watch. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, because yeah. they're because one, they're really good role players. Right. Two, I've never played with Lindsay. Is she a good role player? Yeah, I, I, I barely know her. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sure. Okay. The ugly stick missed them. Is that what you're trying to say, Bill? <laughs> yeah. No. That yeah. stick, that stick yeah. doesn't even know where they live. Yeah. Yeah, like if they played like Suicide Squad, like all Lady Suicide Squad game, you know, like so they could play Harley Quinn and all that. That would be, yeah. See, I, but but I think they would just like they're like Jessica is a great fucking role player. Yes, she is. Yes, right. And Kimmy is a great fucking role player. Mm-hmm. Like we know, like, but it would just be like you know, and then you could wear uh, like you could GM and wear a bag, but it, it would be great. <laughs> please, please wear a bag. You- 
You should suggest that to Kimmy as like to do an actual play slash cosplay. Oh my god, that'd be great. Yeah. Right, Jessica Kimmy could do yeah, because they're both yep. they're good at that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I bet you that would get some serious uh yeah, some hits. <laughs> could be it could be a LARP. <laughs> Molotov cocktees and Big Barda square off at the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so is that LARP gonna happen? When's that LARP happening? Uh well uh, Tyler's picked up the reins. He's gonna do it again. He All says. right. So but that's next year now, right? That's on February uh, con. Don't know. Don't know. Prob- probably, but I don't know. But he he's picked up the torch, so <laughs> we had to shame him. Into and it. having never been in a LARP, may not be the best thing to try to run <laughs> a large LARP at a convention. Right? You, you. probably smart. Yeah. If anyone's going to try it, it would be me. But right. I don't really think. Don't, it's a good don't you run your band? Aren't they kind of like a LARP? I mean, really? <laughs> Aren't the Boggarts just one you, sir? Action. Ooh, that's a, there's not a lot of action. Not a lot of action. <laughs> Year, years ago, we were going to make epoxy uh, Boggart in action figures. Nice. It's a, <laughs> it's a they just lusurp. sit there. Yeah. What do they do? They have the, nothing. They sit there. <laughs> it's a lusurp live sitting role playing game. <laughs> a Boggart in mo- or a Boggart in, in, at rest tends to stay at rest, and a Boggart in motion tends to be getting a beer. That's that's, that's right. about all you're going to see. <laughs> there you go. Uh. And someone asked me when the new Boggard CD is going to be available digitally, and it will be soon. I just have to remember to do it. Well, that's what's good. this one called? Beer, Beer loathing. Remember, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, oh. we have like ten of them. I can't remember what order they are anymore. <laughs> I know, and I and I once I once they ship, I don't listen to them for years. Almost a year. Oh, almost a year. Down. I heard so. something from two the other day, and I it well, I it made me cringe. <laughs> from the real early ones, yeah, that was still that was digital. Still, our first CD was actually recorded on two inch tape. Yep, and then bounced wow. digitally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in good a twenty four hour marathon session. <laughs> Stupidest idea! Oh my god, <laughs> that's all we could afford. I know it was like, like DT Pints on the first JackerCon. We were up all day. Yeah, it was, it was right. terrible. Just yeah, make it happen. Um, I think any, th- any questions from our, our listeners? Uh, no questions there. Let me there? check the chat. In the chat, the Q&A. Mm-hmm. There, there was a mention about technology as far as what do I need to be able to play online. And one of the things that I've, that I've had happen is I have friends that are Luddites. They're total Luddites, but at the same time, they still have an iPhone. And they, will, they won't use their laptops to play via Google+. There is an app on an iPhone for Google+, right. for Hangouts. Hmm. So you, and the cameras that are on iPhones are better than what's on a lot of laptops or yeah. independent cams. Right, the microphones are better. Yeah. So a lot of the guys will just put their their phone up and they'll talk through that while they're playing. And some of them they'll do it because well, they're IT guys. They'll do it while they're at work. Like they'll have their phone up and like they're typing away and they'll you know. So it's one of those things. If they have to go to work, they can still chime in. In many cases, that might be a better solution because if you have a shitty internet connection, I, I mean, I could see yep. the phone might compensate for that. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, use your eight, yeah your your cell connections data plan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than just from like a, a most basic setup, I actually thought in that Tappy game it was great, which was basically once we got to G plus, there's a lot of great. Like echo canceling and oh, it, yeah. it, and it does some great stuff where it'll it brings up like whoever's talking mm-hmm. gets a little bigger right. so there's that focus on that and you could be sitting and doing I would have multiple chat conversations happening right, right through messenger so something right. like, which was great and uh, and then you, it was easy to grab everything and then basically kind of just dump it all into a 
a t- word file or a text file that I would just send to the GM. It's right. like, okay, here's all the different stuff, and you can parse through whatever you want in that, um, which I thought was was really good. I've never had any experience with anything like the Roll20 stuff or any of the actual other tools. We just, we rolled. We just rolled right. and believed. Right. And we just like, why would we, why are that's we going to cheat? I, we don't care. If I run yeah. something at JackerCon, that's what I'll do. I'll just. Yeah, just yeah, to like it. really honestly, all you need is like if you if you're able to have the stuff in front of you in, in your office or wherever you're working from, then you just tell the story and interact with the players. That's all you need, I mean, right? Like all the fiddly bits that you have are fun, especially if it's a crunchy game. But in the end, like that's all you need. But there there are some pretty amazing like Fantasy Grounds, like the like the GURPS plugin for Fantasy Grounds. It's like the cool thing where there are all these rules that are running underneath the hood. So that if you get a condition put on you, if you have some kind of modifier, it goes to your character. You keep rolling your dice, and you don't have to think about that stuff. It takes it all out of the the, the equation. Hmm? So, yeah, that's that's, cool. that's the power of the computer. It is. And right now, Roll Twenty has an iPad app, so that's one thing that's really cool. So now you can really, just, yeah. Now is, so is Roll Twenty now inextricably paired with Google Hangout? Uh, no. So you they can are run a Roll Twenty game in and of its own. Yes. Okay. It yes. still has, and they actually and have their own, own communication system as well that I don't okay. like as much as Hangout. I can't. It can't be as robust as Google Hangout because they're not. Google. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Right. They don't, they the don't Google have the servers. Yes. Right. But yeah, the uh, the iPad app or the uh, what's it? What's the Android? Whatever the Android pad is, uh, they they Kindle. both have that for. Is it on the uh, Galaxy? Galaxy. Galaxy. Probably that's a Galaxy. It is. is it on the yeah. Kindle? A Kindle, a Kindle is like a broken version of Android. Because <laughs> they, they like hide a bunch of shit, and it, you don't actually get to see Android. It's there. Isn't the Kindle like that. it's like a book, but not as cool? No, well, I'm, I'm I'm talking about the Kindle Fire, which is a tablet. The Kindle itself, I, I don't know what that uses. I don't think that uses Android. No. After the apocalypse, the Kindle will be used as shingles, or <laughs> kindling. Yeah. yeah, for oh, kindling. Uh-huh. Yes, I see what you did there. Yes, well done. Well played, Stork. Well played. Very witty. Very witty. Won't it be funny now in in Fallout 4 when they pass by campfires and there's Kindles in there? (laughs) Yes. Throwing Kindles on the fire, ready to go. Uh, Let's get a little cold. Throw another Kindle on the fire, would you? Another technology piece uh, that I would say, uh, just because, like, you know, you can't talk about technology without Pimp and OneNote. And oh, right. I mean, oh, yeah. just for organizing whatever you're doing, wherever you're doing it, mm-hmm. like, so good. Like today, Stork- you, you had multiple things open. Yes, yep. yes, Kirk. Did he have? Did something flash up by him that said "obey, consume, buy, <laughs> use OneNote"? Yes, because like he got that, he got glazed look in his eyes when he started talking so about good. OneNote. It I think he's so getting a check yeah. in the mail. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I just don't I care. Love, I love one. Just keep so upgrading much. it. Ching, yes. ching. They just added all kinds of new stuff. It's so cool. I, I, I haven't know. even explored since the last upgrade. I haven't actually tasted the Kool Aid. It just keeps just shutting down my throat so fast. I can't have a chance to <laughs> savor it. You don't have to use it. <laughs> okay. Look, as a player, I don't think it's. I don't know. You I would never. I would. I would, I would, I would well, I mean, as a player, I wouldn't use one note. Like, okay, I don't really yeah. need that, right? Well, no, but but oh my god! Great. Oh yeah, as a GM, like he only had that stuff. And even when the last session, the the Star Wars session we played, it's like, oh, where's that? Uh, and I'm like, oh, boop, 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 it's here. Like I'm just because I have just, all the tabs. Just set the up fact and, that you have a, a search functionality for all of the notes you're keeping. Yeah. To see uh, this planet. And it gives you, oh, that's the guy. Okay. It is right. really great. Nice. And if everybody is on a tablet, I mean, you can just basically just send yeah. it to everybody, too. And it, it, I use it on, on my laptop and also on my Mac here. Um, 
but primarily when I'm entering stuff into it, I do it on my iPad because the iPad version of it mm-hmm. is incredibly functional. And it's great because mm-hmm. it syncs across everything. Right. So I've got it on like four devices, mm-hmm. and it doesn't care, and it's agnostic. So I've got it on my PC at home and my Mac at work and my iPad. It's like, great. Wherever I am, I know I've got... It plays well with everybody. Yeah. And then they sync up later when you yeah. get them near each other. Are you, or, yeah. As you're typing. Yeah, as you're, yeah, you're typing, then you say sync, and then everybody's got the same stuff. Nice. And just Yeah, even on my phone, if I'm like somewhere, I'm like, oh, I got an idea. I can open it. Right. Set a, type a real quick note. And it exists everywhere. Uh, totally. That's what what if you don't have access? Like, if you should lose internet access, is it still on your saves on the device? Uh, it depends. Yes. On, it depends on the device. I think probably I, a phone. Okay. I think it saves on whatever device you're on. You can set it like like Google Docs and all that. Okay. I you don't think yeah. so? Think the Mac <sighs> version of it by default doesn't. I seem to recall reading somewhere. I don't know if this is still okay. current information. Mm-hmm. But on the PC, I know for a fact it's it, it, there's a there's a local version of it, and then it's also in the cloud. Mm-hmm. But I think on the Mac version of it, it keeps it in the cloud. Okay, and it's not local, so if the internet connection is gone, it may not be there. I haven't tested this, but I've read a lot of forum stuff where people have talked about problems with that. Um, on my iPad, I don't know. I've never not had my iPad connected somewhere. Um, I've, I've I've added stuff to it. Like if you get a notebook and you sync the notebook, it's all there on your iPad. Right. Um, and then the stuff I add, if I'm somewhere where I don't have a connection, when I go home, I have to open it, and you just have to open it, and it just automatically syncs right. everything for you. I mean, the reason- what do you guys take into the gaming table then? Like, so you have an iPad and a laptop, or what's what's there? Uh, I am now running with a laptop, uh, and dice. Yep, same thing for that's me. That's it. Okay. That's that's what I've got. Okay. And and it's kind of nice because the laptop, interestingly enough, acts at least for my side of it mostly like a GM screen. Right. So I've got all the information there. I can look stuff up. I can do things. I can take notes. I can jot it down. Yep. And then off to the side, I have my little dice tower that I I roll my dice on. And I have nice. a I have a little like a cigar box I use for for dice. And usually one person is sitting there so they can witness when I'm rolling great right. and when I'm rolling terrible. It, I, Bill uses a dice roller. Yeah. The the little tower yeah I got a little tower yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah okay. and it and when I was when I was running uh, a game at work uh, for a little while the thing that was great is I would have my laptop and then I would plug my laptop we played in a conference room so I would plug it in so I could and I had a second screen basically mm-hmm. I could have it as a display so I'd be like like okay here's where you are and I would just throw like well, an like image, the Tony Stark where you just like pick it up and toss up. it across the room well <laughs> sort of but with a mouse someday nowhere someday near we'll as cool. It. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but yeah, I would like so now I could put images up on like the big giant display screen. So when they were traveling around, I was doing a little Star Wars thing with them too for a few weeks. Um, and I I would take like the overall star map mm-hmm. and just put that up. Oh yeah, that's on the awesome. Projector display, right? It's like when we were playing Pathfinder uh, when Tyler was running that, that Pathfinder pirate game. I had a map that I had up as a editable like visual doc and like a PDF nice. that I could edit on. And it would be from my laptop up on our television, mm-hmm. played in the bar, up on the TV. Cool. And then when we'd go someplace, I would I would notate on the map what we were doing. You did that with our Traveler game, too. You brought the yeah. star map up on the television, and we were able to like see where we were going right. and all of that. Yeah, I thought that sometimes that's really neat to have that one common reference thing. It's the, like, it, it's the, it's the st- stupidly technology-based version of the fact that for our Eldemy game, Stu just has a map printed and it hangs on a wall. <laughs> right. Right. I actually went to Kinko's FedEx or whatever it's called yeah. and it had it 
the plotter on their, printed on their huge. How much huge was that? It was like thirty dollars. Yeah, it's not cheap. Yeah, it was not Love cheap. Your players, but I had the spaceship like, printed out. It was pretty expensive. It's like two feet by three feet. It's a big map. Yeah, and it's four colors. So one of the things and I like is that said you hate your players too. You know, huh? Like, the angry GM said you hate your players, right? <laughs> but he, he loves his players. Stu loves his players. Yeah, well, obviously, he spent thirty dollars on the game. Right. That was the one thing that cracked me up. Was that whole argument about fudging dice rolls? And then yeah. it was like, oh, but if you did that, and tell them, like, oh, why would you ever tell them? That was right. the right. that was like the fatal flaw when I was listening right. to it in his argument. Why would <laughs> I ever tell, tell them, them I did that? Right. right, like to make them feel bad. Like that's the that's the dick move. Right. If you're the GM, <laughs> hey, by the way, when you beat the bad guy, I fudge I those die that. rolls. Yeah. Fuck you, you didn't actually do it. <laughs> man, man, they're all high fiving each other, and you're like, guess what? Guess <laughs> what? I fudged those die rolls because that guy was way too hard for you. I wanted to make okay. it more. You guys are too new. You couldn't beat that guy. <laughs> Fucking noobs. Yeah, that's the shit you take to your grave. Your readers, you're gonna get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an old reference. Uh, uh, should we call it? We're at uh, t- two hours and seven minutes and twenty nine seconds. God, it seems like it seems like a third of the length. Of the I know, last like episode. nothing of the last. <laughs> no, we're just just getting warmed up. I know. Oh, we're, that's, no, that's why I was no excited. No blood pressure is up or anything. I, I don't know. Should we? Let's have an argument about but something. See, but nobody cares. Uh, Nobody's so, uh, saying uh, anything in the form of chat. chat or see, I, 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 that was that last episode to me was joy. It was so <laughs> much fun. He is so funny, and nothing he said pissed me off at all. I mean. But, because I, I know where it's coming from, right? And he raises yeah. good questions. Yes, he does. Yeah, and, and he's he does. A brilliant RPG mind. I it, know. Look, go to the forums. I mean, this morning there was like a six tab thing, and I think it's probably up to nine or ten now. It's. I mean, he spawned all kinds of conversations, yeah. good and bad, yeah. and there was even a little mini flame war. Oh, well, that's exciting. Well, it only lasted like four or five emails, but still, <laughs> or posts, but still. I mean, it's he he raised a lot of topics and it's being talked about and dissected right now unpacked as it were on the forums right. now did anyone know is anyone uh, who uses our forums use the pro boards app uh, i do yeah. when i'm on my tablet did you notice the pro boards app has disappeared i have not <gasps> it's gone from the it app did? store yeah um i have tapa talk now on my phone exactly right that's yeah. what it's been replaced but on my with. ipad it's still pro boards pro boards is not on my ipad anymore Huh. It's like they pulled it because it was there. I swear it was there, and now I, it's. It's just so weird gone. that if you buy an app that they can somehow decide that their update is a delete. <laughs> like, right, they have to actually pay money for the fucker. Yeah, like I bought uh, an app that let me do Star Wars sound effects for our Star Wars game, and the mouse, the evil mouse, decided that they would just delete all of those because they didn't have IP rights to them anymore. So I, I they're all gone. They just got erased <laughs> on my iPad. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Flamore. We got ten minutes. Come on. Oh, what about what about the uh, the God, for, God forbid people be paid for the work they've done in their intellectual property. In fact, you know, we should just make shit for free, and then you know, like, we'll spend we'll spend millions and millions of dollars doing something, but we should just give it to everybody. <laughs> And then, Star Wars belongs to everybody, Bill. Yeah, it's man. all of ours, man. 
It's a galaxy far, when, far away. When Jediism gets re- called a religion, and all the canon becomes a holy text, and it's uncopyrightable. Freedom, wait, pal. freedom isn't free, my friend. <laughs> Listen, Ben Burt got paid when he made those things, and they, it's fine now. It's isn't now. that what Scientology is fighting right now? You know what? I don't know why we charge for our albums. <laughs> Well, barely we, we do. don't. They're on Spotify. They're, we're not making any money. We should just, oh, it's ooh. a June bug. We should just put them out. It's a June bug. We should just, like, you know, hand them to people. Dude, That's you should eat bug. that thing. Is that a June bug or a bee? It. It's a June it, bug. It. it is a June bug. Like you guys have, you have Jerusalem you crickets down there. Have you seen a Jerusalem cricket oh, recently? Oh, yeah. Those things are awesome. <laughs> they awesome look like the alien potato bugs. Google like, that shit, gamers. Like, that's a monster someone should fight. Yeah. I like how you, you put your hand under it, and you're like, oh, is it a June bug? And like, or is it a bee? I'm like, you're going to find out pretty fucking quick. That is oh, yeah, a June killer bug. bees, too. He got lost. Didn't Long Beach get killer bees? You guys have killer bees as well, huh? Yeah, killer we bees. Have, yes. Uh, I, I actually had a, a nest of killer bees in my old house in La Mirada, which is uh, about, what, 20 miles <laughs> He says so nonchalantly. <laughs> 20 miles east of Los Angeles. Yes. Um, oh. And I had a, um, somewhere in my backyard, and I don't know where because it was overgrown and I didn't maintain it, was, I was getting a divorce at the time and I was getting ready to sell the house. So, <laughs> so why would you maintain the yard? Fuck that. Just leave the killer bees there for the ex-wife. Well, <laughs> I got stung. No, the ex-wife had already va- vacated. I got oh. stung three times. Over the course of like, uh, that wasn't me. I didn't fart. No, it's it's a smoker smoking. Oh, oh it's a smoker. Yeah. Oh, I was like, is oh, something burning? I heard yes. fireworks earlier, and now I smell flame. That Apple, can't be good. Applewood chips. That's what I was burning. gonna say. Your house smells wonderful while it burns. <laughs> it does. <sighs> it, smells like, it smells like smoking pork. Uh, killer bees three times, so to speak. Uh, Focus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I got stung three times in the course of like a month, um, and I'm like, and I'm not like going over exploring wherever this beehive is. I swear to God, right when you said I got stung three times in the course of a month, I thought you were saying I got stung three times in the balls. <laughs> I got something else. I didn't know where the inn was. I was expecting a location. Oh, they were painful. It's like I, I'm like sitting in the backyard. My arms are up like this, and I get stung like right here uh, and then, on the inner side of your on the underside of my almost my armpit. Oh god damn! And they hurt. Um, and then, like shortly after that, I moved, and then I get this call while I'm at work from the city of La Mirada saying, "Hey, you've got." Like very uh, a very aggressive beehive. We think that they're probably what Africanized honeybees is what mm-hmm. they're called. Right, called killer. Yeah, right. Nope. Um, Panic. I think they called them Africanized honeybees. Yes. Is the term they used, and they said you have a hive, and that's what we think. We think that's these. A lot of your neighbors are being stung, and they like swarm, and they. You have to have that hive removed. So I called a beekeeper. I never even went to the house to go and look because I don't get stung again. I've already been stung three times. So I just called a beekeeper and I said, yeah, I supposedly have some kind of hyper-aggressive bee in my backyard. Can you guys get rid of the thing? Yeah. Okay, let me know when it's gone. Here's a credit card. Took care of it. It was like, I don't know, like 80 bucks or something for them to remove it. And they said that they'll, they'll remove the hive live. Right. And then they'll check to see what variety of bee it is. And if it's the hyper-aggressive... It's that job. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna smack this thing and see how many times the yeah, how many they are. Does eight do eight bees come out and sting me, or do like 
500 all bees of, come out. All the game. bees ever. <laughs> yeah, LA's quickly becoming like Australia. We have killer bees, we got fire ants, we got rattlesnakes, scorpions occasionally, we got sharks in the waters. Our newest thing is brown widows. Which oh. are not indigenous to Southern California. We have lots of black widows, which are not fun either. And but brown widows aren't from here. And we're getting shark attacks again. That's on the East Coast. Well, no, they were, okay, yeah. Isn't that South Carolina? <laughs> yeah, well, South Carolina they're being eaten, but we, yes, we, we actually had just had people get Oh, them, so. I didn't know that. Fuck sharks. <laughs> oh. so, I accidentally let my kid. Well, I didn't accidentally. I let my kids watch Jaws because I forgot about Because uh, it's a great movie? No, because he was like, the kids are like, is there anything gory in it? No. Oh, it's like Finding Nemo. There's a shark named Bruce in it. You should watch it. I think, yeah. and here's the thing. I forgot. There's one scene when when Quint gets eaten. Gets eaten. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, sorry, oh. spoilers. There's a one scene where he's like actually being chomped on by the shark, blood splurting out of his mouth. The rest yeah. of the movie is not gory. There is the dead body no. with the crab in the mouth. None of that stuff bugged my kids. Oh, all right. Now, that's Jaws 3. It, it, the first one when he gets on no, the, the boat. first one, they go to the boat, and all of a sudden, Richard Dreyfus goes looking in the oh, hole. Oh, that's right. And right, right. I, I, I was out. just watching Jaws 3 today. John, there, was it in 3D? Because that's it, Jaws it was 3D. grainy as fuck, so oh, it wasn't, but it must right. have been... And as I recall, yeah. that was Jaws 3D this 3D. time... It it's personal. personal. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws three D, the electric boogaloo. Right, but I'm 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 monitoring my kids. I'm watching them. I'm, we're watching the movie. And they're out on the boat, and they're watching them. They're watching the movie. They're loving the movie. They're just digging it. And then the whole thing happens where the shark jumps up in the boat, and <laughs> off goes Quinn. And I look at the kids. They're fine. I turn like look, blood spring out of his mouth. I look at my kids. They're in terror. They're both have tears scre- streaming down their face. Uh-oh. They're screaming, standing Uh-oh. up on the couch. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about this scene. Damn it. <laughs> and they both stop, ignore the movie, and look at me. Daddy, you didn't tell us about this. <laughs> and they come over and they Therapy start hitting me later. Start kicking you. <laughs> Oops. And I'm laughing. Because <laughs> I'm like, I forgot about this scene. I'm sorry. Let's go <laughs> laugh. We're crying. That's funny. Oh, oh my God. It killed me. Parenting Zachary, tips from Stu. And, and Zachary, <laughs> to this day, and this is three weeks ago, mm-hmm. will not swim in a pool because of Jaws. Well, remember when Jaws came out? People weren't going to no anymore. It's no yeah. shit out yeah. of most of America. And, and you know, it had been so long since I watched the movie. It is such a good film. Yeah. Yep. I, the, Holds the, up. The characters, my favorite movie. My God, the characters are just so good. Mm-hmm. Everything about it is just so Robert awesome. Shaw, like, he is just so amazing to watch. And so that speech he gives is true. That's a true story. The Indianapolis, yeah, like they're like so. And there's a great story of like I guess we're getting way off topic. I don't know if you want to. That's fine. Yeah. No, it's yeah. true. Just it's about the about the tanker. So and so basically, the oil. Put, put sharks in your game. Yeah, put sharks in it. Fuck up your players. <laughs> well, there's a good story thing there, and like uh, about revealing, you know, the monster, that kind of stuff, like that, yep. because the the shark kept breaking. They couldn't show it off, so they just had. The, the image of the shark or the fin of the shark or just hinting. And then you had John Williams' score taking care of everything. 
Like, and they, in and they had storms, and they had drunken actors. He had so many delays. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's actually, DT, that's a great point, is when you're setting up encounters, and especially where, with a big bad, like, don't show them. Don't show yeah. it right away. Right. Like, no. hint at it, have clues come up, find things out, so... Play low time, bass music. Yes. <laughs> Bowed upright bass. Yep. Oh, boom. <laughs> Which segues <laughs> really well the into there. It segues really well into the, the original Star Trek battle themes. Oh yeah! I have a friend that when we we play online games, when the fight gets to be too long, because Pathfinder, like D anD D, the fights can get a little protracted. He'll play that theme for me. It lets me know we got to cut this shit short. <laughs> like, I guess it's way like twenty minutes. That's all we give twenty minutes for fights, and then let's move on and see something else. So, if only, yeah. Well, just do more damage. Have them, have that rule that you had way back when, where they do full damage. Have I, them fight with sharks. I offered. I yeah. offered that as one of the options. Yeah, the players rejected that out of hand. Orcs with shark hammers. They're just like sharks, live sharks. It's scary. People. Have, have You're the, the GM, Stu. You get to win. You call. You get to tell them where the game's going to go. That's their deal if they want to play. The for, the formula was to, to have the number of hit points the monsters have, and then they do max damage. Because statistically, they will do the same amount of damage in the time they're on the table. Right. They did not like that idea because, um, it, in more than one occasion, they have lived. They have lived because of a mediocre damage roll more than once. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, if they built their characters right, they wouldn't have this problem. I mean, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> oh, and there's a ton of people who say, yep. "Stork is absolutely right." <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know why we're discussing this. I mean, you guys are not building optimized characters. It's, it's up, um, You guys should be killing the things. It's obviously on you. Well, you know, as a bit of a teaser, <laughs> talking about building a oh. character right, Stork's not going to have to worry about that in a Traveler game. His character got built right. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, did, uh, did remember, that, well? remember that wholly ineffectual piece of shit, Trig? Yeah. Yeah, don't even think about that I love that, that character. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even think about that dude anymore. He wasn't even that ineffectual. He was a great pilot. He had, like, pilot two. I know. I was the one that killed things with a pistol. He killed a, <laughs> hey, he killed a Jedi. He That's killed right. a Jedi. He killed, like, two droids. Tyler, meanwhile, killed himself. See, I can't I wait sent you a I message on the forums, ship. Bill. Uh, where the no players allowed thread on the forums about maybe what Trig should do, Spoilers. and I don't know, how, you know, whatever your plans are, but like I, I think yeah, you can't that, be talking about this. Is an awesome NPC. That's you, that's all I'll say. You can't be an talking awesome. about this. I'm not. We're not. Stu and I, I we're not allowed there. So don't I be have talking. I have very dutifully not not clicked in there. At yeah. all. Well, no. So I, what I what DT just referenced, we have actually all talked about as a group. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Is that okay. we talked about does. The group re-roll their character, like roll up, not re-roll, but roll new characters and go with Trig, and there's right. like a story that follows that. Right. But what everybody wanted to make sure they did, that was for all the people who like burps. Right. Uh, but everybody, <laughs> even if they said, well, even if we do that, we want to come back and play the characters we've been playing. So Stork said, I'm just going to roll, I'll just roll up a new character, and I'm going to hand Trig over to you. So, oh, cool. So nice. Trig will move forward in the universe as an NPC. Right. Someone um, who we can eventually murder. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we need to do. Whatever needs to happen. 
Um, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't heard Stu play in a long time, and like it was really fun to hear him get seriously pissed off at Stork's character. <laughs> Fucking Stork! He knew too. Oh, last he kept trying to block me the entire yeah, yeah, time. He kept like, up. Yeah. Yeah, you get in front of me so I can see where you are. <laughs> Tyler's like, if you you get out there and you go, otherwise I'm going to shoot you myself. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's. There's, I will say that was uh, happily, it was, it was, that was a long session, but that might have been the best session we had. Yeah, it was my favorite. Uh, that was, was my favorite. Oh my God. It was so much and, stuff. And a lot of story so stuff good. happened as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of story mm-hmm. stuff. Good combats that didn't drag, but were exciting. Right. Um, well, and, and you know uh, Traveler, what? it's not D&D. And, and, right. And, and, <laughs> Everybody's talking about Trig. Trig kind of overshadows the really cool plot points you brought up with your with Darth Yanan. I really loved the interplay and the discussions you had. They all made yes. such and great the, sense. The very dangerous character conflict that may end up happening I, I love in that. the next uh-huh. session or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really did. I was sitting there like going, holy shit. Because I want up? that thing in the middle of the star. Because <laughs> he sat and gave me. The, is this spoilers now? It's been out for a couple weeks. It's been out for like a couple oh, weeks. Okay. Okay. So we're going to talk about what, what happened in. in yeah. So seven. stop listening if you don't. If you haven't listened to the last Star Wars actual play seven. Right. The holocron. Mm-hmm. When he's given Darth Anon his whole speech about how dangerous this is, how it d- destroyed an entire civilization, and all this stuff, and then he's like, "Oh no, we got to take it with us." I'm like. Fuck you. I think this thing has a hold on your brain. I No. I love how your character is this almost thread of paranoia running through yes. right now. Yes. Fabulous. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all about paranoia. I, I figured this whole thing is a setup by the Emperor to try to... Because he wants to get rid of Darth Anon, and he wants to get rid of us too. I fully expect whatever whatever method we were supposed to use to get out of this star system to get back to civilization is going to be gone or blow up as soon as we find it. <laughs> I fully expect that's the case. Uh, that's going to be great. And if we one show, more game session, and then and, we're all dead. And if we show back up on on uh, what's what's the main planet on uh, Coruscant, on the Coruscant. Imperial Seat, yeah, assassins. Because yeah. we can't, we can't live. Obviously, he doesn't want this thing out. <laughs> he kept it hidden. He knew it. Probably knew it was there. He's a fucking emperor. Why? And, and he left it there. He probably left it there for a reason. So I want it in the middle of a star, <laughs> <laughs> where it's really hard for anyone to get to it. Well, yeah. and, and like Stork, you were kind of talking about how Trig, like he's kind of sidelining the main story, but. That's, like, why I love Clone Wars so much. Like, the Clone Wars, like, showed you the Star Wars universe from so many different characters' perspective. Right. Like, from the janitor all the way up to the Jedi, you know. That, that, that yeah. was really nice. Now, had, so. d- 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 out of curiosity, has anyone seen the, the latest Rebels? A couple, yeah. Like, like well, for season one, but I haven't watched any season two yet. Uh, season, no, two, season, two only, yet. season two, they've only put up one, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, I've one, seen yeah. that. Holy fuck. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah? There's a reason cool. they call them Sith Masters. I'll, yeah. I'll put it <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. And a much beloved character is has returned. Yeah. Two of well, them. Well, that's foreshadowed in the in the last yes. yeah. episode of yeah. season 1. Yeah. But it's I mean it's a great it's a great time the setting we're in. We're about yeah. we're 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 yeah, kind of we're, in the we're same. In three, yeah, we are. We are in exactly the same right. time, very close to the time time period. We're actually in 3 BBY. For people that want to get really geeky, we're like we're right in almost near the end of three years before the Battle of Yavin, and then we're going to two BBY is where we're about to cusp over into from timeline standpoints. But 
it's neat because it's it's this time where the rebellion is nascent, the empire is completely taken over, they're rewriting history, the, yeah. there are still some Jedi, and, and there's still more Jedi and Sith around, but it's not lousy with them, like F1 through 3, or Old, or Knights of the Republic, or any of that kind of stuff. So there's still elements to happen. But yeah, I think the next session will be very interesting, because there's there's a lot of character... You guys will have to make some decisions about what you want to have happen moving forward. Right. Um, and then and then whatever happens when you meet meet new people. But yeah, <laughs> the, the the trig thing is super interesting. I love that. And just the <laughs> fact that moment where you you like are like you stabilize my call. All right, I'll I'll make sure I tell you where the air lang is. And then you just leave. <laughs> Tyler's like, God damn it. Like like well, it, Tyler, not his character, just, has the reaction. God right. damn it. <laughs> It's just a nice reminder. That's why I like actual plays. Like it's a reminder that even though you can have players that are all friends in real life, you can still have some really fun player character versus character interaction that really makes the story more interesting. And you can encourage that stuff without it turning into like a shouting match and it's people fu- getting. It's upset. funny because I apologized to everybody after the game was over, and they're like, "No, that was awesome!" <laughs> it and, was. Like, <laughs> and it's totally what your character would have done. Exactly. I knew it yeah. from the very beginning. <laughs> Yeah, there's two or three times before that happens. It's foreshadowed where yeah. you guys, where where other people are like, "Oh, you're gonna, you're not fucking leaving us. You're not staying here and getting the ship warmed up. <laughs> no, no, no. You, no, you come with us. Oh yeah, stay with the ship. <laughs> Fuck you. Come on. Right. Take, the keys to the, take the keys to the ship. We can't let them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and I said at the barbecue, it's like you know everybody was like mad at me still yelling. I'm like, listen, I just made this game really memorable, and everybody, like, yep, yep, that's true. Yep. By yep. It's not my intent, but that's that's one of those little things that makes that game that just it t- you know that little nudge over the edge. And that's that moment that a lot of people like to criticize. When they talk about slavish role playing. I just saw an article like two days ago where a guy said, "Oh, it's a disservice for a player to to say no." But this is what my character would do when it's contrary to the goals of the party. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. I mean. It, it, that is what your character would have done? That's what your character does. Right. Fuck it. Your character right. does that. It, it complicated well, the story, but it made the story yeah. infinitely more interesting. We're, interesting we're all trying to make an interesting story anyway. Exactly. Right. And if you're uh, reading I, a novel, you would have read that and gone, oh, and you're, you're in suspense, and you're waiting to see how they're going to get out of it. <laughs> well, but that, to <laughs> me, I brought that's... This up. Go ahead, DJ. Yeah. Oh, I, I, brought, I just brought this up on the forums. Like, If you look at what media is the most popular right now, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, it's all about this conflict, You know, these really interesting moments. It's not about a bunch of five people walking around in lockstep. You know, the Avengers is so popular because the Avengers don't get along. You know, they they have this inner party conflict, and that's where it's fun. So, yeah, the thing, I, and and I'm, I'm thank you guys for bringing that up. I, my my goal with ending the Anon storyline was to present, which sounds strange from talking about Sith, but an ethical dilemma, right? For 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 Dave's nice. character specifically, yeah. like here's an option, and I really wanted Anon, and I and I my goal was to have him come across as like you might see him as the villain but he's the hero of his own story sure he is doing what he is doing for a very specific reason and in his mind and and maybe actually hard to tell it's actually (laughs) a good thing for the empire what he's saying is quite possibly true right right like why he Uh, assuming that's what he's what he's saying is what he's planning sure (laughs) 
Wheels within yes. wheels, too. Yes. Wheels within wheels. Uh, but that. But I wanted it to be a thing where Dave has to look at the fact that, like, the relationship he had with with his master, his master's basically saying, like, I want you at my right hand when we when we do this, and here's why I'm doing it, right? And it was, and for Dave, it was, is it is it you or is it your master? Is it the emperor or is it the empire? And right. what's more, what's more driving you, and how will that go, right? right. And I and I liked it because it I liked that Dave went with the whole the long walk up the aisleway and the conversation, and then mm-hmm. meanwhile we're back there going I don't know which way this is gonna go. Uh, the best part is he <laughs> hands me a note and he's like I'm aiming at Dave. <laughs> yeah, like, the whole time I, I I spent like five six turns. Yep, you had the full plus maxed six. out, aiming at Dave's head. Yeah, because yep. I figured the laser pointer. Because <laughs> right at there. that point. I knew there was going to be a conflict. I didn't know who was going to best who. So I aimed at Dave because I figured he had the le- less he had less of a chance of winning that confrontation. And whoever was going to win the confrontation between the two Sith, that's the side I was going to be on. Okay. That's what, 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 the way and my... And you ask, I remember you asked, you say, like, so does he hit him? Okay. Or does he do damage to him? Like, okay, I'm going to switch targets. Like, right. you, <laughs> what is that thought? You're like... Because if he just, like, doesn't... And Dave looks at me like, switch targets. <laughs> yeah. I, rolled a, I rolled a hit, and he's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, yeah, I hit him. Okay, he takes a switch. Oh, you bastard! Right. Switch targets. The fun thing from a listener's perspective is, like, could uh, Dave's... Like mannerisms are so like congenial and jovial, it's really hard to picture him as being this big bad Sith like marching around because he's just such a nice guy. It's so his persona. You got to see the tongue thing he does. Oh god! (laughs) I shot some video when we were playing Twilight Imperium where he did it, and he put these like there's these uh, units in Twilight Imperium. This like massive takes your half of your life to play board game uh, that are these, these big round like orb things yeah. and he puts them in his in his <laughs> eyes and he does the thing and I shot a video I'll put it up like on the forums oh my god it's yeah, so disturbing yeah. that's funny <laughs> yep alright let's call it yeah no yeah DT's he's like an hour behind us so he's still got uh, yeah it's, I gotta catch a boat I gotta drive in a boat in the morning so I oh, you're gonna be on a boat motherfucker on a boat. I'm so again, JackerCon 17th through the 24th. Go to Google Plus. Just look up JackerCon and uh, the Happy Jacks uh, uh, on Google Plus as well. And if somebody so. wants to run a game, DT, how do they do that? For- so just all you have to do is become a part of the community. There's 300 people in the JackerCon community right now. They're just sleeping, I think, right now. So it's trying to wake them up and get them to, get them to play, uh, set up a game. It's really easy. All right. You just create an event. That's all you need to do. That's it? They don't need That's to get it. permission from you or anything? Well, once you're a part of the community, you create an event, and as long as no one wants to run anything in Fatal, then they can go ahead and do it. I won't, <laughs> I won't take it down. Nice. <clears throat> All right, here we go. We're listeners of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 15, Episode 3 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Bill. This is Stork. This is Kurt DT Pints. And thank you very much for joining us, Kurt, and and for organizing the the, con- the JackerCon conventions. It's awesome. Thank you. And that's it. And we'll leave you with a song. Hero 
with less burping. Happy Jack's podcast will be Bunny, bunny banks of Loch Lomond Oh, you 